have I got a story for you. Nipsey's influence on my life, grinding all my life, is felt from the jump. This kick-ass Canadian artist's life, from his days of dope dealing to sculpture slanging and telling middlemen like fucking gallery workers to fuck off, his passion and creativity is on display in each and every piece he creates and each and every syllable he spit on this pod. But first, today's sponsor, Ketchup. With so many sauces and condiments out there all chasing the almighty dollop, remember the original American classic that enhances every meal from meatloaf to scrambled eggs, ketchup. And right now, with this special offer, offer, (laughs) fuck, my first time getting a special offer and I fucked it up. And right now, with this special offer, just for getting to know you pod listeners, you can get a free second squirt of ketchup with any full ketchup bottle in your fridge if you use the offer code getting to know you pod while squirting. That's right. The king of condiments has agreed to let you smother those burgers and dogs with a second free squirt of America's favorite sauce. Just use the promo code getting to know you pod. How? Well, say it out loud as you're squirting with any smart device within listening range in your home. Google and Alexa are ready for it. The next time you go to smother the, smother those fries and ketchup, smile in anticipation as those free ounces flow for the single purpose of tintillating your taste buds. Ketchup. Keep it classic. We're also brought to you by the Getting to Know You pod. If you're listening to this, I implore you, take a moment. Friend, one of our social media platforms. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, your likes and comments are appreciated on those platforms. Also, while you're thumbing around your screen, leave a review and subscribe to the pod on your preferred platform for podcasts. We really appreciate the support, and it will help us on our quest to get an actual sponsor. And now, getting to know you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. My cup of tea. On today's show, we are getting to know Paul. Paul, who... A minute in before I started recording is coming with the heat. Great energy today, Paul. <laughs> Fucking loving it. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks so much for coming on, dude. And um, I know we uh I think we had one and then you said the ADHD got the better of you and you just kind of zoned oh, dude, out on it. Dude, like I swear to God, I think every single one of my days is like like okay, so you, it, like we we talked about this as well. I said I was gonna set an alarm. I fucking um I didn't even realize it was fucking Saturday. I'm not kidding. I thought it was fucking Friday. <laughs> That's the goal of life. I was like, life. oh shit, okay, I gotta go do this right now. But it was good because I didn't have like, I wasn't like, I actually woke up super late. I went to bed super late. So is that just good. life of the artist stuff? Or are you just like partying uh, hard in quarantine? Of, it usually is. Uh, I think in the last two weeks, I've been kind of lucky. So I've been between some big commissions. So the last two weeks, I've literally been just like, I got a, I got my studio about a year ago and uh, broke up with my ex and moved into it about four months ago. 
So I've just like I've been looking for the time to like get it organized, and oh, put up all the tracking, kind of like get everything set up because I'm gonna start building it out. So it's like it's it's gonna be a pretty crazy space. But um, so you're I've actually had some time to organize it. Yeah, so you're living in your studio. So like working from home is a legit thing for you from here on out. Absolutely, like it always has been. But uh, working in condos and in the back of my condos and in like uh, like half garages, like it's I'm, if you look on my Instagram, yeah, I was I was literally to about to say, dude, the couple of videos I've seen on your Instagram, I'm like, how the fuck are you doing that in a condo? Like your, yeah. your shit, your shit seems I'm extensive. Welding shit outside, like <laughs> I had this one project last uh, two years ago for um, a gym. I redesigned their lockers and like like their community lockers for inside. And I made it look like the skyline of Toronto. No and, fucking uh, way. What would have taken me about three weeks to, to do inside of a fabrication shop took me about two and a half months to do in my buddy's backyard. Oh, Jesus. Just because so you're, you're just like setting down. it up, breaking it up, breaking it down kind of a thing. You can't just leave it. Yeah. And like I'm in my friend's backyard and it's like one of those like, um, they back onto other backyards. So it's like, oh, I nice. can only work during the daytime. You know what yeah. I mean? I can't like, I can't spend any extra hours there. You don't want to fuck with people while they're eating and stuff. Yeah. I was about to say, and then like his dad comes out and he's like, sorry, Paul, it's Saturday. I'm grilling. Get your shit. <laughs> no, and get his, the his fuck family out. was actually super <laughs> cool about it. They were so nice about it. And like, they gave me like, um, like kind of free reign to, to work whenever I wanted to, but I was just trying to be respectful to everybody. It's yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Dude, fucking lockers as a skyline. Yeah, that's a yeah. sick ass. Now, are you coming up with that idea, or are they coming to you? Yeah, of course. I well, they they come to me. Uh, they come to me. Uh, it, uh, so I've been a commission artist for ten years, and literally just kind of started. Um, uh, I, I I'm like I said, I'm super ADD with with everything, so I can't do one kind of art. I love doing many different kinds of art. Hence, some artists. It's like, like who made that? Uh, some artists. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> It's, it's the whole kind of, I, I like for my work to, to speak for itself and I like to be constantly inspired by different things. Uh, and, so it's not like a, oh, Paul's a cubist. So if we see mm-hmm. cubes around Toronto, it must be Paul's. No. And that's gotcha. the thing. It's very, gotcha. it's very difficult to define what kind of work I do. And I was never taught traditionally. So, um, I think best, that's the best the, man. Yeah, man. It, it does. It, it never put, I never put myself in a box. I've been, I've been like, tried to be hired by a bunch of different companies to do graphic work, which is what I started doing. Um, but, um, it, yeah, it was, it's basically been just a grind of kind of like just learning what I want to learn and playing with what I want to play with and experimenting and, um, just learning every medium and the more perspectives you have, the, the more creative your artwork can be. Right. Well, Cause it's so. just so many different ways that, you can then express yourself, your thoughts, emotions, feelings, or whatever. Oh, right? absolutely. And you, and you look at things with a different sensibility, right? So like um, if somebody wants me to sketch something or they want me to draw a tattoo or they want me to, um, you know, design a, uh, an installation or do a mural, I look at it from all the different art perspectives that I have, right? Not just as one specific kind of artist. Right. Um which has also always challenged my time constraints because that's always been my, my biggest kind of like learning curve was like how to regulate my time and be honest with my clients and those kind of things. So, Oh, as far uh, as like, if they want, like you've never, I'm going to assume you've never done a Toronto skyline out of lockers. 
So when you're given the estimate of like, exactly. oh yeah, man, fucking three weeks, I'll knock that shit out. And then you exactly. get whatever it's, it's a day just, in, you're and, like, And it's Whoa. almost like that with every project, right? So it's like, because well, until you new. do a bunch of them, you get versed in those things, but right, yeah. yeah that was, uh, and the cost too, right? <laughs> oh shit, uh, I didn't even think about. Yeah, so let me ask, you were saying you're a commission artist. So that just mm-hmm. gives you the umbrella of, hey, I'm a dude that makes money selling art, right? Or is there, uh, yeah. is there so more like nuance 90, to it? Ninety nine percent of the work that I've ever made has been sold before I made it. So, oh. it's, uh, yeah, it's it's I've never created my own um, personal collection, which is what I'm building the studio for. Um, so you're so a I fucking... I've never had my first. I've never had a first show. I've never had a solo show. Gotcha. Um, I've never defined myself as like like uh, an accredited artist because I don't have a body of, of my own work. If that makes any sense. Um, so I have a body of work obviously, but I don't have like a collection of what people can recognize from me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're a fucking sellout. Good for you. Exactly. (laughs) I've never, I've never made a print, never made a print of any of my work. Anything I've ever made for anybody's been one off hundred percent original. So, um, it's, it's been really cool because, uh, yeah, like I said, I get to test my different skills and learn new things and i grew up with a a really eclectic kind of household so um i got both kind of both brains my my dad was like a a master uh, master engineer so he had three engineering degrees uh hold away and your mom was like a school teacher or a hippie an art teacher no she started that way so it's funny so because both my parents had these really cool dualities right so my dad was uh, an engineer very math based like he grew up in guyana so very mathematically based very uh practical right but was a serial entrepreneur so uh he was a consultant for a bunch of auto uh, automotive companies uh, he opened his own uh, technical automotive garage we did diagnostics and stuff six bay automotive garage so he was always an entrepreneur right which is something a practical person doesn't usually do right they, they usually don't go that like they yeah. usually stick to what works and, they avoid you know, they the risk nine man. To five yeah avoid the risk Take the exactly, safety, right? Take the safety. So he was the risk taker and my mom was the artist. She she went to art school when she was younger. She was a singer, jazz singer. Shut um, up. Yeah, and then she worked for the Ministry of Transportation for 35 years. Ministry of Transportation where? In Ontario, yeah. So oh, like she, oh. she worked for like the DMV almost. You know what I mean? See, I, I thought the DMV like sucked all the creativity and soul out of people. So it does. It does. <laughs> 100 percent does so uh my mom was like the very kind of like um um she was like the arts and crafts mom you know what i mean yeah, she always wanted to do arts and crafts with me and kind of just let me always have this stuff around for me to make stuff right you know what i mean and like never pushed me to do anything i played sports my whole life and like did all kinds of other shit but um i always always drew and always like created stuff but like never really seriously. And my old portfolio books are all half completed work and that kind of shit. And to the point where it was almost second nature to me that I didn't even look at it as like a career path. And, um, uh, but yeah, so I grew up with this super entrepreneurial background. My, my parents were in Amway for 20 years. So they were like big sellers and stuff like that. Wait, dude, I got schemed on Amway something serious at one point. My parents were in it for 20 fucking years, man. And like they made a living out of the – because Amway is the whole like, hey, man, buy this like bulk laundry detergent, right, and get it delivered and be on the subscription thing. The the epitome of a pyramid scheme. Yeah, 100%. But 
the thing was, is they had so much buying power that they actually bought really good products. Right. Yeah. So, um, they invested in like, like the world's first, um, vitamin company, which was Neutralite. And like, they had some backing in some like very, very significant companies. So their products weren't bullshit. It's just the, the, the way, the method that it came up, they, they came up with yeah. to, um, market it was revolutionary. It was one of the first like pyramid schemes that actually made monetary sense i guess yeah which is why it lasted so long yeah because it was just so fucking broad for a while there man like every motherfucker was having like an amway party where it's like come on over i just want to talk started with like tupperware and shit like they had all that stuff right all those tupperware parties back in the day and all that kind of shit and then it got into like makeup and they had artistry makeup and all this kind of stuff and so your um, parents got ahead of the curve on that huh Good oh yeah, my them. parents were in it, but but that was the funny thing was it was what was more important to my parents wasn't even the products, it was the information they used to sell. So they used to sell books and tapes and all that kind of stuff, and it was super inspirational stuff. So I grew up going all over the U.S. to to rallies and stuff like that with my parents, listening to like millionaires and their you know rags to riches stories and all that kind of shit. Uh, so I grew up with some pretty inspirational stuff. Yeah, dude, those but, um, the, dude, those Amway conventions are like fucking Pentecostal church services. Oh hell yeah! Where like the oh, people yeah. are like dancing in the aisles, getting hands oh, laid on crazy. them, watching, I mean, watching passing old out. People dance to like fucking. It's what was it? Uh, I get knocked out. Oh, yeah. but I get up. Holy fuck, bro! I'll never forget that shit. That shit was hilarious. No doubt. And they're like, you make another sale. Everybody oh, goes, and oh. suits and pants and shit. No <laughs> it doubt. No but it, it like, honestly, I, I think as a little kid growing up in that, it was, uh, it was, uh, uh, it, it really, my, my dad was a very, very like, um, he was almost one of those like constructive criticism dads, but like wasn't constructive. It was just like, nothing was ever good enough. Oh, but it was always positive. It was always like, like me and my brothers, I have two older brothers and we grew up realizing that like, um, our dad was kind of like, uh, beating it into us so that we weren't, you know, like phased by how the world is like, he didn't, he didn't sugarcoat anything. He taught us how shit really is. Gotcha. Yeah. And we, we caught the love when we got older, we realized like that he did that to prepare us for us growing up. Yeah. So think about that, dude, especially, and again, like, it's not like I'm spending hours. I've only spent a single hour internet stalking you through your um, (laughs) profile, but the, the risk and shit you're taking and you're comfortable taking. Yeah. If you don't grow up just fucking being thick skinned and being like, dude, I know who I am. Right. Like, like that, that's it. That's such a mature way to look at um, a dad's kind of like, that harsh protective love that I think so many fathers have for their kids. Cause I think ultimately fathers are just fucking worried about their kids being not just functional, but successful. And the funny thing was, is even though you say that and it's a hundred percent true, my parents were never really invested in my, in my, um, my path in life, I guess you could say. So my parents split up when I was 16. Oh. Um, and uh, I was out on my own by the time I was 17. Shut up, dude. So- like graduated yeah. high school or you're living with like friends or something? That's exactly what happened. So I stood, I stayed the last year and a half. Uh, so basically my parents split up. My mom moved to another city, like not too far, maybe like an hour away with her boyfriend. Right. And then, uh, who she met on, so, Am- met with Am- through Amway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, actually at work, at work. <laughs> fun stuff. Um, but, um, she met, she met him, uh, at work. 
and they were together for like seven years. So it was, it was something that is just kind of, it's another fucking long ass story, but, um, what's it called? Uh, so my mom went off with, with him and me and my mom were kind of like peas in a pod. You know what I mean? Like always like me and my dad hardly ever got along. Uh, I worked for my dad for, since I was eight years old to when I was 16, right. In his shop. An hour before school and an hour after school every day. Oh, wow. That was my dad worked seven days a week. So that was the only time I was ever going to get with him, right? Gotcha. So um, uh, we did that. And then my my mom basically took off with this guy. And the way that she went about it didn't didn't work for me. Like it was just um, she basically like, so she cheated on my dad, but it's because my dad's very hard headed. You know what I mean? So I kind of, I, I, I got to understand why. And that's the thing is like when you, when you know both people, right. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, and you know that yeah. they're good people, right. you have to begin to understand where they're coming from. hundred percent. You know what I mean? I don't think so, enough people do that to be honest with you. I don't think enough people take other, like what people have been through to really understand that like, it's not a malicious thing all the time. No. And that's, and that's what hurt. empathy is all about. It doesn't have to be malicious. It, it, it you know, my mom's a fucking amazing person. Right. But at the same time, I figured out where the downfall was, and it's that she couldn't communicate her, her problems, right? right? And dude, so, and you I'm, can't process that shit at the age of sixteen or seventeen. You're just horny as fuck, right? Like, I mean, I'm you're just on, you're a dumbass full of testosterone. For seven months, I cut off my mom for seven months, man. Are you serious? Like, like yeah, no, like no we communication. Were... Pardon? No communication. None. Like through Mother's Day, her birthday, everything. Jeez, bad. Yeah, wow. I killed her. Yeah. But the thing was, is that like, so the reason I did that was because, um, I felt like they really didn't include me in like their whole decision of all this shit. You know what I mean? And obviously it's, you, you know, mean, when you're a kid, you don't realize like it's not about you really. It's right? about like as much as you are a part of the equation, the fact that they can't work through their shit isn't your fault or isn't your problem. Yeah. Right. It's their problem. Right. So I had to come to terms with that. And like, I literally told her, uh, so I had a cousin who's three years younger than me, who his parents split up for the same reason when he was like five. Right. So for almost, you know, for almost eight years, nine years, I watched him get passed back and forth, you know, two weekends, uh, every other weekend here, every other weekend there, bro, it was hell on earth. Like I couldn't imagine ever doing that. Right. So when my parents split up, my mom just assumed that I would come with her. Right. But I didn't fucking, I didn't agree with the way that she went about it because as hard as things fucking, and this is one of like, these are all the lessons that I learned in my life. Right. It's like, as hard as something is to do, you have to do it. Right. It's hard to tell my dad that fucking, you can't get through to him. And like, you know, you give people the opportunity to, to defend themselves given the circumstances. But if you don't give them that that defense or that time to defend themselves and you just hit them with the fact that you're cheating on them or you're, you're about to leave them, like, yeah, what do you expect them to do? Mic drop type right. shit. They double down on what they are. They're not going to be more 100%. vulnerable. They're going to fucking dig in. Yeah, and, and most people just kind of seclude to other people because they want to, you know, um, they, they, they don't want to face the problem they're dealing with, right? And... And that's understandable. Like sometimes it's, it's scary, right? Like my dad was, is he, he was always like, um, 
he's just a hard-headed person like just he'll shut you down if you're trying to like he'll always have an argument he'll always have a more sensible logical way to, to tell you why you're wrong you know what I mean? <laughs> like always does it now and, and just, do you get to the no point way. where you're like shit he is right i am wrong or are you kind yeah, of that but, stubbornness no, too like, <laughs> and you're like no man fucking time, I'm right. if you were married to him how aggravating would that fucking be Oh yeah, right? dude, great. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's a great point. Jesus, yeah. But that's what I mean. It's like so. I I understood the the stoppage she she saw on a daily basis, and it gets to a point when you're like, my parents were married for twenty years, right? It's like it gets to a point where like, um, you can't. You just you just know exactly when you're gonna say something to them, exactly what they're gonna say, what they're gonna say about it, and if they're just gonna play it off and flag it off. And then it gets to a boiling point where you just had it. You know what I mean? So my mom had reached that fucking point and she did something that was drastic. Now, how did she tell you? Like, how did she break that news to you? Oh, you want that story? That was funny. Um, (laughs) Was it? Because I like, just so you know, Paul, I am sensitive and I have cried on this podcast before. No shit. No, I'm just kidding. Fuck that. I'm not, I'm not crying. (laughs) No shit. No, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's actually kind of fucked up, but so, um, it was a Sunday and it was fucked up because, so my parents had like, um, I guess for whatever reason, this summer was like the best summer of their marriage. Like they were reconnecting, they were going up to our cottage alone. Like they were, they were spending time with each other. You know what I mean? Right. And my mom was working for the, uh, for the ministry and she, she got, you know, she was in different sectors of the ministry for years and years, like always changing jobs and whatnot. And at this point she was doing, um, um, what's it called? Uh, um, roadside inspections for trucks. Right. So the ministry okay. basically hands out citations to trucks and like, they go and make sure they're, you know, their, 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 their loads are safe. And like, you know what I mean? All that yeah, kind of shit. Keep shit up on board, man. Let me check your sleep log. Let me make 100%. sure you're not fucking cooking all, all day. Making sure you know? that your loads are secure and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We're the drugs, bitch. So, Tell me where the That's coke right. is. <laughs> so my mom, my, like full vest up. My mom's got like a gun and everything. Right? Shut up. She does not. Yeah, man. Cause those, wow. those truckers, yeah, the truckers can get crazy. <laughs> so I don't know if she had a gun. No, no, no. That's wrong. She had a fucking bazooka. Baton. She had a oh. fucking baton and mace. <laughs> Yo, to deal with crazy. a fucking cranked up trucker. She got yeah, a baton but she had a mace. fucking full flak jacket. I used to wear that shit all the time. <laughs> crazy. This is so weird. And my mom's like the sweetest, nicest person on earth. Yeah, she's that's, fucking that's what I'm picturing, dude. Yeah. Wasted. It was funny. Like, she had a cruiser and shit. So, <laughs> um, so a super mom, right? But, um, so, uh, yeah, so she was doing that. And um, what happened was my dad was at his shop. And, like, because now she's on the road, she started going to bring my dad lunch every day. Okay. Right? And uh, bringing him lunch every day, which was fucking surprise to him. Like, 20 years of marriage has never happened, right? So this is awesome. And then like, they start like, you know, spending more time and having fun with that, like fun with each other and stuff. And, um, and then we realized, and this was, this, these are the things that you kind of piece together. And, and let me, let me tell you, like my mom had never lied ever. Right. Like she had never had any reason to. And um, so this is going on whatever, whatever. And then like, it comes to a day where I'm upstairs, I'm coming downstairs. I'm just, or I'm just waking up. And my dad comes up to my room and he goes, he, he's like bawling his eyes. My dad never cries. Ever, right. Right. And he's like, okay, I'm, he's like, I got to go. I'm leaving. And I was like, what? 
So I came downstairs and I was freaking out. I was like, the fuck is going on? My dad took off at the door and my mom's bawling in the kitchen, like crying. Right. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And she didn't, I don't remember her articulating like what happened. She was just upset. Right. Okay. And then my dad came back like 20 minutes later. Right. And then starts, just starts saying, you know, your mom's not happy, blah, 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 blah. blah. And then like that kind of goes on. And, and then like, uh, my mom took off. She went to my nona's house, right? My grandmother's house. So um, it comes to like two, three days. So at this point, I just figured they were having their problems. Like they were having problems. They were getting into an argument. Like, yeah. and my mom, you know, my, my dad was going to leave. My mom took off, right? So me and my dad are in the house. So like four or five days goes by. And then we have like this sit down dinner at a fucking Eastside Mario's <laughs> at, uh, uh, at, this, at this mall. And um, we're basically talking about what we're going to do, I guess. That's the idea of this dinner. In public? And, yeah. Like, wow. they're just having a sit-down dinner. They're trying to be, like, you know, communal and calm about it. Whoa. Yeah, they didn't see the problem with that until after. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I didn't know that there was another guy involved in this, like, story until oh. until this night, right? So I didn't realize it coming into this dinner. Dude, you learned that guess, in public? Pardon? You found that out in public? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, Jesus. So, oh, Jesus. So, so fucking, they, I guess because they were going through their shit, didn't realize I didn't know. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then my mom starts talking about how she's going to move in with this guy, da, 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 And I'm like, wait, wait, Whoa. wait a minute. What are you, t- wait, what? And I, dude, I was 16 years old. Yeah. I was fucking, I was a shitty kid. Like, bro, I flipped the table. I did. <laughs> big round ones, too. Like, the one that fits, like, seven people. Yeah. Yo, I flipped the whole fucking table outside. I went outside and I asked this guy outside for a cigarette. And fucking, <laughs> my parents had never seen me smoke up until this point. I didn't smoke for like two years. And fucking, oh, I didn't, I didn't care. Like I didn't give a fuck. What, and what um, are your brother? You said you had two brothers, right? My older brothers. They're my for my dad's first marriage. Oh, right? Were, are they at this, or is it just you? Your no, mom no, no. It's just just me. So my, I'm my mom's only son. Right? Got you, got you, got. Oh and, Jesus, um, yeah, man. Oh, then you. Oh yeah, you're feeling all kinds of alone and betrayed at this oh, point. Oh yeah, I was like, I. And the funny thing was, is that like, um, so, I kind of got, and I don't know if I've I've always followed this trend since, but I started to get super focused on what I had to do next, right? And right. I, I kind of realized that, like, in that moment, I think I realized that they no longer had any decisions over what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Oh. If that makes any sense. I felt, well, I, I really felt like I was on my own. Dude, so, like, to me, that's almost like psychology twofold, where children who go through that shit, and I guess you're not really a child at that point, but people who go through that are seeking control. But then when yeah, you, but I mean, dude, on top like, of it I to get like, like enlightenment of, wait, I'm empowered yeah. now because I actually I have the it. control. That's, that's like some really next level shit, was, dude. That's I what I'm saying. So I had, uh, I remember very vividly I had, so I'd failed, like I was the worst student in school. Like I never did any homework. Uh, <laughs> I would always get by on like my tests and yeah, shit. Like it's I overrated, could do dude. the work. I just, overrated. I never homework's did overrated. at all. Pardon? Homework's overrated, man. This shit does not oh, help people learn. It's all bullshit. Unless it engages me, like I just don't care. But uh, mm. so I actually I was really really good at science in, in school. I did like if you put all my science marks together, I had like ninety averages, which is crazy. But um, my maths, 
I, I failed like fucking grade 11 math like three times. I couldn't get algebra. It's like theoretical. Again, the practical stuff is very simple for me. Got but you. Um, theoretical stuff is, is like algebra blew my mind. Like I was like, what the fuck is this? Like I had no idea how to make sense of it. But yet I was still doing advanced physics and, and biochem and fucking like it, it was that stuff all made sense to me because I could see where the numbers applied and all that kind of shit. Right. Um, same thing with English. I never did any book reports or any fucking homework. So I failed it many times. So I failed grade 11 English three times as well. So <laughs> shut right, the fuck up, dude. Three times, three times, three dude, times. So who, you know what I want to know? Who's the <laughs> fucking dick that was like, you know what? Paul's failed twice. Yeah. I'm yeah. just not fucking just giving again. it to him. Give it yeah. again. Third time. So, the so the fuck? fucked up part was, so I was, I what was going to. What the fuck is wrong to, with you, education? So a week later, a week <laughs> later, I was supposed to start summer school for this English class, right? That I had to make up. So I was like, fuck this shit. I was like, I don't have time to worry about this shit, right? Like what's going on with my family. I was like, I have to fucking get this credit. Oh, right? Jesus. Like I have to. So those timelines are synced up. Yeah. So oh. I basically. So I had like five days before I had to start this course and I buried myself in it. Like I was like, I was like, fuck. I was like, I, I knew how bad I needed it in the first place or else I wouldn't have gone to summer school. I was like, I fucking need it. Right. Yeah. And yeah. in order to like get any more prerequisites to go forward, I had to get it. And especially if I wanted to do some science classes, I needed the English courses to get to do it. Right. So, um, I was like, I have to pass this or else I, I'm going to be fucked for next year. So, um, when that happened, I kind of dug my heels on the ground and went, you know what? I'm, I'm not happy with this. My mom assumed I would move out there with her, which is what they were having this dinner for. And I told her straight up and I go, look, uh, that's when I told her, I was like, I, I can't speak to you for a while until I'm ready. You know what I mean? There's going to be no passing me back and forth and bullshit. Da, 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 da. I was like, my friends are here. My school's here. I'm, I'm doing my shit here. I was like, that's it. So, um, let me ask you I, this. Yeah. Would you have. Would it have been different if she would have, and not like moved next door, but like stayed in the same, like a five minute drive down the road? Um, no, because I had to, I had to come to terms with it, and I knew that. I just wanted to push everything aside. Gotcha. You. you know what I mean? She could have been next door, and I still would have been like shutting her out until I wanted to talk to her. Gotcha. You. And uh, and it was good though. Like I mean, it sucked for her for sure, but it, for me, it was really good because it, it allowed me to realize everything about the situation. And, um, I've always been very introspective when it comes to the way I feel about things. And, um, I think that was really the very first test of all of that, that I had leading up to me living on my own and all that stuff. So, um, so why didn't you live with your dad? Why didn't you just pardon? stay with, why didn't you stay with your pops? Yeah, so I did. So it's exactly what I did. So I stayed with my dad and, uh, I think I remember him telling me a few years later or something like that. He goes, he goes, you know, I always thought, he goes, I thought for sure you were going to leave with your mom. He goes, I didn't even assume that you would stay with me ever. And yeah. he goes, and I think that was the day I like, I like really earned his respect mm. because he realized that my morals were more important than, um, than just the connection that I had with my mom. Right. You know what I mean? So it kind of validated all the things he taught me in my life, I guess, to him. Yeah. yeah. So, um, he, he really, uh, he really appreciated that. But at the same time, my, my dad was destroyed, man. Like that, that whole thing, like my, my dad really, really loved my mom, but, um, it, it fucking destroyed him. Yeah. So he dude, basically that, that ended might... up like, 
Pardon? Well, no, and it, it sucks, dude. And I, I do this almost every podcast. I'm a interjector, interrupter. And since we 100%. can't see each other, it's so hard to like, when you're trying to jump in, you have no body cues to read or anything like that, man. So I don't mean to be a dick or anything. No, um, jump in anytime, bro. But no, I'm like, I'm thinking of your pops. Like he just got betrayed and the feeling he must have had for his son to like have his back like that, that, that had to be huge for the man. Huge for the yeah, man. Yeah, it, it, it was. Um, the, the problem with everything though was my, like, um, uh, my dad, so give you back, like my dad's, my dad, my dad has 18 brothers and sisters. Right? Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> Fucking, they're Catholic, right? Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, it's 11 brothers, seven sisters. They actually grew up from a ch- in front of a church and they used to go there every day. Oh my God. Um, yeah. It's in Guyana. And, uh, my, we had my granny before she passed, my granny passed, uh, at 103 and she had 73 grandchildren and 16 great grandchildren and seven great, great grandchildren. What the fuck is in those genes? So how many illegitimate children do you have? None. Thank God. Come on, man. Someone. Jesus Christ, dude, the genes in yeah. that. Yeah. It, but it's like, and the funny thing is, is that like, so my dad's 11 brothers, nine of them are engineers, right? They're all very like, Oh my God. Uh, yeah. They're all, and they all, and most of them own their own businesses. Right. So they're all very like, go out and get your shit. Like opportunity doesn't present itself. You have to fucking make it. Well, dude, you know if there's I mean? 18 kids looking for 12 pieces of chicken, you got to fucking hop on it. Right. Like oh, right, that's that whole, oh, like right. you, you become a grinder, the bigger your family is. Cause it's a survival kind of a thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, you want a fucking future, go build it. Right. You know what I mean? Don't wait for it. It's not going to, people don't give you shit. This now, world isn't about giving you anything. Is that, you know what so, I mean? and I'm, I'm kind of ignorant and I, um, it's might not even be a term, but like almost like Island mentality where mm. the resources are very limited. And a lot of times I think in any third world or, or depressed world, you know what I mean? Like they, they put a focus on your knowledge, right? Right. And your situational awareness and your ability to exploit, um, opportunity. Yeah, just you know jump I mean? and jump fucking don't miss it, man. Be ready. And Which if you is why if you ain't ready, first world countries are always fucking you know fat and overweight. Like, <laughs> and they're crying about people taking their jobs and blah 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 blah. And it's like, dude, it's like, no, you know what it is? Is those people come here and they see opportunity. And yeah. they see opportunity where you don't see opportunity because you've been given it your whole life. Yeah. And if you really wanted to be the person that I don't know did lawn care, open up your own fucking lawn business and hire them all. Exactly. How about Stop that, talking dude? About it. Don't fucking don't be do fucking it. upset you know I mean? that they're picking strawberries in fields. Why don't you go fucking own a field and then use the labor? Right. People talk way more than they do, right? And that's yeah. the thing. It's like everybody just wants to, you know, you can spend your whole life talking about shit, but if you don't do anything, it doesn't matter. You know yeah. What I mean? And dude, wow. So you are your father's son because I I can just hear dad. I could like, and I don't even know your dad, <laughs> and I could just like hear that. I hear my fucking dad all day, every day, bro. Right. And that's the thing. It's like. I, I grew up with those lessons. And then, so I lived with my dad until I was about 17. So I lived with him for a year. Yeah, right. And, 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 uh, and then my dad started getting opportunities in Cuba, right? So my dad- uh, Wait, no, no, very, I, I got to stop you there just because yeah, yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard those words in a sentence. You get yeah. opportunity in Cuba as yeah. far as like job-wise. Importing, That's like weird importing to me. technical equipment. My dad's, my dad's the kind of guy that will always say that like, his mind will always make 
pay pay the dividends. You know what I mean? My my right. dad knows what he's doing and he'll always like he comes people come to him for consulting. He was a consultant like the first eight years of my life. So like um Dude, talk about a gangster ass job when motherfuckers just yeah. pay you to talk to them about shit you know. Oh, it's crazy. So my one of the you know the drive clean system? I'm sure you guys have that in the US. Uh like all that emissions testing shit. Okay. Yes. I mean I'm not familiar with it, but yeah, I know so what you're talking my, about. my my dad's shop was the first shop in Canada to have that, right? And he had that because of his technical background, and they basically tested it out. My uh, dad, because he he would go through everything. Like when he came to Canada in '73, um, most most car makers here weren't dealing with foreign exotics. They weren't dealing with like you know European cars and and uh, uh, cars from the UK like Maseratis and and like Lotuses and all that kind of shit. But they have all that stuff in British Guyana. So my dad was very technically versed on that kind of shit. Gotcha. So when he came to Canada, he was instantly like a very reputable kind of like 100%. insight into like that kind of technical aspect. So he started doing that and we started doing diagnostics and then building like electrical systems for like uh, race cars and shit like that. So, Oh wow. Uh, yeah. Very, my dad's civil, uh, civil uh, engineer, mechanical and electrical engineer. Right. Okay. So Jesus. I feel very like such a loser. Technical. You know what, dude, I'm just going to stop the podcast now. I feel like such a fucking loser. I don't even want to hear about him anymore. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Living in that kind of shadow and failing math three times isn't great. Oh, and he's looking at you in a fucking book report and he's like, really? Oh, dude, he, really? He couldn't fucking understand it. He's like, I don't understand how you're doing fucking biochem and physics. You understand <laughs> physics. And you can't do fucking algebra. It doesn't make any sense. No doubt. So uh, it was really fucking funny. But yeah, so my dad got a bunch of opportunities to like import technical equipment for the Cuban government through the Canadian embassy. Oh, Um, Oh, see, so that's why it's so fucked up for me. Because I look at that shit through the premise of like, we hate Cuba, they're communist, where that's not like the outlook in the whole world. Yeah, see, that's me just being a a small-minded bigot. I apologize. No, and that's the funny thing too, because I've seen all the rhetoric, right? It's like my dad's lived there for 14 years. So after I lived with him for the year, he started going down there. He's come back every six months for his visa, right? And he still gets his pension and stuff, but he's living. he's been living in Cuba for 14 years. Oh, wow. Right? So um, I've seen the whole thing and, and, and like the whole gamut of who they are. And he's married twice, three times down there, something like that. You know what I mean? Like I've seen the whole like both sides of the coin kind of thing. Yeah. And um, – uh, yeah, it's so to give you an example, what he would do is like, so they, they would buy in bulk from like the countries they, they deal with, which is usually Russia or China. Right. And they would buy, let's say the government would buy maybe 20 to 30,000 fridges. Right. Because Cubans don't, they, they don't pay for their houses or anything. Right. They, they just make their money and they pay for their food. Everything Shut up, else dude. Wait, can, can, can you help me understand that? Like, do you get to pick a house? Do you like apply for a lottery to given, get home? It's given to you. It's given to you by the government. Shut the fuck up. You you move yeah. to Cuba and they're like, here are the keys. This is a house. No, you are born in Cuba. If you're a Cuban resident, right? Okay. You live there. Then you are subject to all of their laws, right? So gotcha. schooling is free, which is why it's some of the best schooling in the world. Um, a lot of people move there to do schooling. But like any other place, you have to give uh, military service. Right. So I think it's like two years military service. Okay. And then they will give you free schooling. So you can learn to be a doctor, a lawyer, anything you want. You go to Cuba. Right. Holy shit. I think it's the same thing in Australia. It's very similar. Um, Dude, I do not think of Cuba as being like a high end collegiate 
like oh, it's destination. One of the best, it's one of the best school systems in the world. Jesus and it's one of the Christ, best dude. It, it, hospitals. They have some of the best hospitals in the world as well. Dude, my mind right. is just fucking going down this rabbit hole of like crazy. Do I not know this because like, I live like in America? World, like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is that, Holy so imagine shit. this, right? And what you learn about Cuba is that it's a bubble, right? So if you grew up in a bubble knowing what you know, right? Anything outside that bubble kind of really doesn't matter. And it, they really don't have the same kind of upbringing that we do, where we understand what's out there in the world. We understand about, you know, the free market society and like how um, uh, the world is like your oyster. You can have everything you want, anything you want, anything anybody else has, you can attain that kind of thing. Right. They don't live, they don't live with that. They don't grow up with that mentality. They grow up with the mentality of, uh, you know, have a good life. Family is key. Um, you know, that kind of like just content, whatever you want to do, you, you don't have to, you don't have to let money define what you want to do in life. What right. You can be concept. anything you want to be. Right. We'll pay for that. So just enjoy your life. That's how they live. Jesus. Right. So if you want to be a fucking doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be a dentist, you want to be a fucking engineer, they all make the same amount of money. So it's not about That's money. That's insane to me, dude. Yeah. Like it's, so it's insane about- to me that yeah. like intrinsically people would have the des- the thirst for knowledge without yeah. the p- end payoff. Like yeah. there's so many fucking doctors that are that don't want to be doctors. They just want money. Do you know what I'm saying? And like, if you flip it, what a fucking righteous way to be, right? right? Yeah, dude, 100%. That's intrinsically the the fundamental problem with the free market society is that you have people who are doing jobs they don't want to fucking do just to survive. And they do them shitty. And that's that's one of the questions I asked myself at a very, very young age was, and I beat the shit out of myself about it because I've literally worked in every industry there is, man. I've done sales. I've worked in- Porn? uh, Pardon? Porn. I just wanted to throw. I it wish. Out there. I wish. Jeez, I thought about it. Um, I'm not in California, so what are you going to do? Um, California is the condom law, man. Actually, if you're not in California, nice. I think you get free. I was just watching a Netflix special about fucking Craigslist um, abuse, and I don't want to like go down the road. But Netflix like has page and shit. No, so Jesus, and I can't remember it. What what the actual title was, but. It, it's basically girls that answer to be porn stars and it might be Florida instead of California where – because Florida has a no condom rule. So you're allowed to like fuck without condoms or something, which is better oh, yeah. for video, right? Um, but anyway, these girls come from like Kansas and they think I'm going to get rich and I'm going to make like hundreds of thousands of dollars and be a star. Oh, this and- the one where like they, they followed like three chicks – Dude, it was a house. It was a house. And the fucking dude's like balding and he's tatted up and he has dogs and they're fucking eating pizza crust. And you're like, bitch, you're supposed to be a model. Why are you fucking eating Popeyes and Domino's every day? That like, that ain't going to fucking last. And like, dude, the, some of the, and like the Netflix thing doesn't show the porn aspect of it. Like you're not watching girls get fucked, but you're watching them get fucked up. Like, like, like yeah. abusive porn that they wind up having to do yeah. or like reflecting on like, God, I just went through a 10 person gang rape and all I got was 200 bucks. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? That yeah. is that what the industry is? And who yeah. the fuck is falling for that? Jesus. The guys get paid worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no doubt. It's hilarious. Jesus. How do we, dude, how do, yeah. how do Some we go from. Dude, so like that's amazing. How do you go from like intrinsic human qualities to talking about porn documentaries? Of human oh, no, doubt. no doubt. Yeah. Um, 
So and that, you, that's fucked, bro. It's crazy though. But that's the thing is like, but that's what money you, makes you chase after, right? Like, I, I wonder, man. like, do you get duped like that in Cuba? If you know, man, I don't have to do porn to be rich. I can do what I feel, and my exactly. life will just be. And comfortable. rich doesn't matter. And rich doesn't matter, right? right? It, it doesn't matter. Right. It, it, that's the thing. Rich doesn't matter yeah. there. So it's a very, it's completely the opposite, right? Now in Canada, we have, we have uh, kind of dualities of both, right? Because we have a lot of things that are given to us for free. We have, meta, you know, medic, uh, like our, our health system, our health cards and stuff like that, where we get free healthcare, right? right? So it's paid for by everybody, right? And it's something that we don't have to worry about. Yeah. You've, seen, you've seen the movie Sicko, the uh, Michael Moore documentary? I have not. Oh, buddy, watch that shit. That's yeah. crazy to me. Just like the amount of money that the U.S. Like my brother lives in Tampa too, right? So he was in Connecticut for a few years. Then he went to uh, Kissimmee in uh, in uh, Florida and like Orlando. And now he's in Tampa. So I've seen like that whole U.S. thing too. And it's like without insurance, bro, you guys are fucked. Dude, beyond fucked. Beyond. It's unreal. There's so many places in the U.S. I would love to move. And like I would never leave my fucking health care. Yeah, well, so that that's actually Jesus, and and it, so this is where like, and this is just me thinking out loud. So my whole like getting to know you pod turns a lot of times into I just want to fucking know how people think and perceive shit from different places, right? Different places, hundred percent. Right? So so about, you right? you drift off of the getting to know Paul's story to more like yeah. Paul's philosophy, but think about yeah, entre. So. But dude, I'm just thinking like entrepreneurial. Like, dude, mm. your art is fucking like it, the shit is dope, but Thanks, bro. you don't want to fucking go somewhere because you're like, dude, I can't be an artist with the creativity and my own business owner. Like how much would insurance cost for you to just fucking have your own plan and start your own business? Right. You know what I mean? Like it would cut <laughs> into, like you wouldn't be able to sell shit cause you'd have to mark it up so fucking high. It's, it's crazy, man. And that's the thing. So, so I kind of get back to like where, cause like this whole like this whole story of like how I lived with my dad and how I moved out on my own is kind of like the philosophy that I used growing up, which is what I've kind of shaped the way that I work into. Right. So, um, like I was saying, when I was, when I was 17, my dad started getting opportunities in Cuba. Right. So I moved in with my best friend to finish high school when he actually started living and working there. Okay. Um, so it was essentially, it was out on my own. I lived with my buddy for about eight months. Can I ask just school. before you get there? So did yeah. it, did you get any like post-traumatic, my fucking mom left now my dad's leaving type shit? Or did you understand like dad's a business guy? It's a great business opportunity. I get 100%. it, dad, let's so, problem solve and let's just fucking. The thing was, the thing was what happened to my dad was for the year and a half after my mom left, um, my dad had his company and stuff like that. He was actually poised to put it in her name. Right. Cause my dad was trying to, oh. he got fucked over. So my dad had our shop. It was a million dollar building. And, um, and, uh, he had a verbal contract with the fucking owner of the land. Right. Which he was a really good buddy. of My dad knew him for almost 30 years and the guy ended up having cancer and he died. Right. <laughs> so the son, two sons and the daughters got his businesses and his homes and everything. One of them blew everything. And then the daughter was in charge of my dad's building and um, didn't know anything about the verbal contract. And my dad got outbid to buy off his land. Right. So my dad was trying to put more money in. He could have, he could have asserted more money had my mom been around. Right. But because of that, we lost the business. So my dad Holy basically liquidated shit. everything, got about 
200 grand, I think liquid. And then, uh, after selling all the equipment and stuff like that and literally spent a year, year and a half blowing it, like absolutely blowing it. Like just benders, like strip strip clubs. I was about to say, dude, I didn't want to say it. I'm so glad you did. So your dad just was fucking like, dude, I'm going all in on a playboy lifestyle. Fuck this anger. My dad was bent, you know, and he was like, fuck it. He's like, whatever. And to me, bottles it's like, of Hennessy and fucking dollar bills flying in the air. <laughs> my dad never put away a dollar for my for, for me to go anywhere, for me to go to college, for oh, me to do anything. Shit. My parents never even asked me where I wanted to go. Right? Jesus. So that's what I mean is my parents were never invested in my like my future. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, they were almost Ever. doubling down more so on their careers and their progressions and just exactly. trying to give you those lessons, um, but it's like that, man, you gotta fucking get your way. Exactly. And that alone taught me everything I needed to know about what I needed to do for myself. Do you know what I mean? Well, dude, so yeah, as a single child, so take it back to your dad with 18 kids and just whatever, 12 pieces of chicken and you got to figure out a way to fucking like eat. Mm -hmm. If you're an only kid and you got no chicken on the plate, you got to figure out a way to eat. Dude, I'm telling you, when I moved out on my own, I didn't even know where to pay my bills. <laughs> I didn't even know where you went to pay phone bills and shit. Right. I didn't know. I went to the bank and I was like, can I pay this here? And they're like, yeah. They're like, or you can go to the phone company or whatever. Like, <laughs> I didn't fucking know. I didn't know any of that shit. How to do my own laundry, all that stuff. Like, dude, I had to learn everything from scratch. Right. And all my friends were all middle class fucking kids living at home, laughing, like fucking yeah. Had college paid for, had everything paid for. They would get like I sold weed for like ten years, right? So a sold lot of my meat? buddies Pardon? Did you say you sold meat? Like weed. Oh weed. Oh shit. Yeah. All right, that's way more interesting. I'm like, cause I'm picturing you as like a fucking like you got a cooler in the trunk and you're just driving around yeah. trying to give off like ground beef and fillets. Oh uh, man, I fucking I sold I sold all kinds of shit when I was in high school up in, up into going to college and stuff. Was it legal was like, back then? Because I'm, I'm not no, familiar with no. how long. Fuck no, fuck no. No, it's only just and it's not even legal right now. It's decriminalized, right? So okay. it's like you can still get a citation, but they won't throw you in jail for it, regardless right? of the amount. Uh, or is it? It's got to be capped, right? But there's still there's still shops you're getting raided because like it, it's fucked. I, I'm honestly in the last few years I have not really even dove into like all of the all of the because it's still all so gray there's so many gray areas i know a bunch of my bunch buddies with dispensaries and like i've done art for a few of them and uh it's like some of them have to keep under wraps some of them can't some of them are getting allowed to be open some of them are getting licenses and then some of them are getting shut down and raided what it's fuck? fucked bro. what the fuck I, I like shouldn't no it just idea. be a federal thing or is that because of like a, um a... you think so wow all right. So how big of a dope man were you, man? Like what, what, like uh, big time so pusher? I was, guy, I was the guy who always sold dimes, man. I fucking sold gotcha. everything small, but like I was making like four or 500 bucks a day at high school. Shut the fuck. Selling yeah. dimes. How big was yeah, your fucking bro, high so school, fucking, dude? Or how I, lonely I is it? I dime out like an ounce and a half, two ounces. And then fucking I'd sell it in one period. Gone. Shut the fuck. How? The, the, Take me through this, dude, because in my head, I'm like the clientele of a period. Like, are dudes buying five, ten dimes off for you? Because it's just no, like, like that 40, good? 50 people, done. They would all, like, we had, there was one day where the fucking teachers came out because they thought there was a fight outside. It was just me and my buddy in the middle. So Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> and then we just dispersed when they all came outside. I was going to say, then you and your boy started fighting just to make the story seem right, right? <laughs> oh, it's so fucking funny. No, we had, a, we had a good system, though. Me and my buddy, uh, and uh, 
we'd go pick up in the morning at like 7.30 in the morning. And from uh, this guy we used to do construction for. Oh. And uh, he would pay us a week, which was amazing. Well, that's and, why most uh, people get into it, right? Like you sell so you can just like smoke for free. Yeah. At fucking, first, right? Like that's the ultimate goal at first is like, oh, dude. Well, as long well as the I thing was is that we – no, we were totally business about it. Like we were very, very oh. particular. And this is back before cell phones and I remembered like 200 numbers in my head, all that kind of shit, right? Like it, it, was, it was fucking hilarious. So uh, we – like we had cell phones at this point, but like I didn't keep any numbers in my phone or anything like that. Like we had everything like remembered in our head. Right. But we would pick up in the morning, fucking dime our shit out at the park. At like seven thirty in the morning, he had uh, I always had uh, second period off, and he so I would have first period on, and then he would have second uh, first period off and second period on. So um, he would come there uh, in the morning first while I was in class. He'd sell out, then I'd come off on second period when he was done, and I'd sell out. And you're and just holding this shit on you during like in school, or you got like a stash spot oh, yeah. somewhere? Oh yeah. Yeah, we had it on us in school. Shut the fuck up, dude. How, like, how fucking nervous were you or you weren't at all? Like, you didn't no, think it would be a the thing. The funny thing was is everybody smelled like weed, right? But we had, <laughs> we had these fucking Letterman jackets because we both played football, right? So we had these Letterman jackets and uh, they had a fucking secret – like, they had a zipper that you could, like, literally take off the entire lining of the jacket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if yeah, you yeah, hid yeah. the zipper itself right? in, the, in the cloth, like, you, you didn't even know there was a zipper there. Yeah. So, so it was school you. sponsored secrecy. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it was phenomenal. It's a $500 jacket, though. So fucking worth it. So, Holy shit, dude. Yeah. Holy so shit. Uh, we just hit that. And it was gone every day. So, like, in the morning, the teachers are still fucking having their coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, ain't, dude, ain't that the fucking truth? Like, talk about people like government workers who just ain't oh, trying man. to stir shit up. They ain't trying oh, to do that flex. paperwork. They, they, they. The flex was phenomenal back then, brother. Phenomenal. So, and are then you. The best, Go the ahead. best part was like, so I'd sell the dimes and then we had these bud busters. So uh, there was this place in uh, Toronto called the friendly stranger. It's still open, I think. And, uh, it was the first place to ever have like handheld battery operated grinders. Right. Huh. looks like a little portable fan, like okay. you know those little hand fans. Yeah. But it's got like a little glass cup on it. Right. Okay. So you put the glass cup and screw it onto the thing and then you, zzz, you fucking Bust up like a, a like a gram, right? Stem seeds and all, huh? No seeds. Fuck that shit. Oh, oh, there's yeah, the flex hydrate. right there, dude. Yeah. Always hydrate. And we picked up the crazy the shit that we had back then is the shit like they have now. We had Northern Light, so it was fucking. Oh Jesus! <laughs> shit was crazy. Gosh, so yeah. the funny thing was, is this weed was so sticky that if you tried to break it up with your hands, like your hands. Were, like, yeah, it's syrup. Up. It's syrup. And it's maple syrup. Yeah, you'd have to wait to dry it out. Like it was. It was super sticky, right? But this Bud Buster would fucking, I'd be like, hey, you want me to bust it for you? And they're like, sure. So they put it in there, fucking grind it all up, just like a coffee grinder, right? But a mini one. Wait, you were going so, to the store with these things and they were doing what? it there for you? No, it was a handheld grinder, battery no. operated. Oh, that's, oh, so people were coming to you I saying. I could sell somebody a dime Shut and then the be like, do you want me to bust it up for you? I'd fucking whip this thing out <laughs> at the park, break it up for them in like two seconds. It comes out looking fluffy like a cotton ball. They get the fucking smoke like, I don't know, five fucking pinners out of that thing. And they're all whacked off each one of them. Gosh. And then and then it would save all the crystals on the inside of the glass. Right? Okay. So I'd be able to fucking make money off that thing twice. Because <laughs> I'd end up collecting the crystals and then putting it in a baggie and then selling the baggie for like 40 bucks. 
Jesus, dude. Jesus. The flex. And, and that's done. Fucking. But ass. yeah, I always, so like all my buddies would always try to move weight. Like they always tried to move like, you know, ounces at a time or QPs at a time or half pounds or whatever. And right. I was always just like dying. That's it. I would deal with like way more people, but you're a volume uh, salesman, way more money for less product. Right. And actually so, probably less like liability too. Right. Well, yeah. And I only fucked with people who I knew. Right. So that was it. So it was like, people want to buy a dime or two. Like they're not, they're not high level criminals. These are just fucking people want to smoke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cops aren't so concerned never, with that. huh? Yeah, exactly. It was never a big deal. And I have had, I've had stuff taken off me by the cops and it's like, ah, whatever. It's fucking few dimes and shit. Right. And, um, but yeah, so it was like, it was like that. And, uh, but that was basically when I was growing up and I, like my parents were gone. That was my way to, to hang out with fucking middle-class kids that had like fucking allowances. And like, that was your, you know, Jesus. Yeah. So, um, that paid for like my, my youth, I guess. And then, (laughs) um, what's it called? Set Uh, up your entre or fucking reinforce that entrepreneurial spirit, man. Seriously, that's all. I think it all starts there. So, so <laughs> but, like, uh, did you like you? So, you graduate high school and you stop, or you just continue these relationships with kids? Yeah. Well, the funny thing was, is in elementary school and in high school, I, I was always the kid selling shit. So, I sold fucking pogs. I sold fucking yeah. Pokemon oh, cards to pogs. people. Jesus, like, pogs, dude, fucking everything. sucker. I sold fucking Spider-Man cards and right. Marvel cards and everything. I still have a box in there somewhere with yeah. like all the prices and shit on. Right, 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 right. Fucking. And man. then. <laughs> um so always always like the hustle at school but uh yeah so i fucking um i did that for a while yeah dude so let me ask you just before you go on because it what what it has me thinking of is like schools have these secret ass economies that i feel like people don't realize it's a lot like fucking jail dude where like you got your connections and there's this whole like hierarchy of yeah. who's fucking who and social equity and favors yeah. and like 100%. its own market. And 100%. I don't think people either remember that or realize that. No, oh, hell no. I got super lucky too because uh, when I was in elementary school, there was only two graduating classes of grade eight. So it, was a, it wasn't a very big school, right? There was like 40 of us that were going to, to or 50 of us that were going to high school. A right? bunch of fucking smokers though. Jesus. All of us. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but like when I got into my school, there's like 3000 kids. Like I didn't talk to fucking one of them. I didn't want to, I, I just didn't want to talk to anybody like my age. Right. And like, I'd say like 60% of our school was like black guys. Right. So like predominantly like black guy school. Right. Wait, that's and- another shocking statement right there. So you've blown my mind twice today. So Cuba yeah. has really good education. And there are actually places in Canada where there's a majority of black people over white people. Oh, yeah. And, well, Shut not, the fuck not up. even now. So that was Brampton, right? And Brampton's known for a in, massive Indian population now. But uh, when I was growing up there, like our whole school was based, well, there was a lot of schools that were all white, right? right? Like, yeah, that's what you picture if you're thinking Canada. Honestly, yeah, it's like I suburbs and stuff like that. No, I'm fucking Canada, bro. We're so multicultural, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That, Toronto is like is like fucking New York, man. Right. Like when it comes to its population density of people and the types. The thing is, though, I will say this. So I just went to Brooklyn my first time to New York, like uh, in October, because I did a piece for my buddy's restaurant, and th- it's like all black, right? So it's, right. It's, yeah. It was, it was dope, bro. The fuck, first three days I was there, I didn't see one fucking white person. I was like, this is fucking crazy. Like it's legit. Yeah. Like I didn't see one white person for like three, four days. 
right? right? And it's like an entire community. But it was awesome because, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's just it's fun to, to see that kind of stuff. But here in Toronto, it's like you could take the entire downtown core of Toronto and throw it in Central Park. It's like 50 square blocks. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's not massive on right. any kind of scale. But the amount of different kinds of people there are, there's, a, there's a, you know, we have a Chinatown. We have a little Portugal. We have a little Italy. We have, you know, a little Jamaica. We have a little India. Gotcha. We have, uh, you know, the, the financial sector. We have all that kind of stuff. So it's super multicultural, right? And that's where you're attending high school. So, uh, and I'm, I'm lagging. Oh, this, I'm is, just... this is Toronto. So I grew up in Brampton. Brampton was like suburbs, right? It's like pretty much suburbs. Yeah, that But there's could... some bad areas of it. It's an old suburb, right? Okay. Um, so when I was living with my buddy, after I moved out with my dad, the place we were living at was, it was like government subsidized homes and shit like that. Um, there were three kinds of people there that was like uh, black guys, fucking newfies, and um, um, and like hell's angels. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty much the run of like everything kind of there, right? Like just these like. And is that how you met the weed hookup? Like who was your dope? Who was your yeah, dope man? He was a hell's angel. God, okay. Uh, yeah, I was yeah. starting to put that together then. All right. But the funny thing was, is that we were so, so me and my buddy, we were so like, we were the intermediaries between everybody. It's like everybody we knew hated everybody else, but they still liked us. Dude, isn't that the best when you can just fucking float? Yeah, because it, I just realized it's about respecting people, right? 100%. You know dude. why people would fuck with me? Because I didn't talk shit about them. And I would right? never tell anybody the shit that everybody else was talking about. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's stirring I just, shit up I, and talking shit. Yeah. Exactly. And I just learned that the best way to treat people is the way they treat you. And that's the communication we have. So it's like if a thousand people came and told me shit about you, right? And they were like, fuck this guy. He does this and that. I'll only base our relationship off the way that you treat me. Yeah. Well, that's how it should you know be, I mean? right? Like I, I've never understood why people come in with like preconceived shit. I, I like it just, it blows my mind. Because people don't like to give other people the benefit of the doubt and they, they like to pro, uh, progress bullshit and they like to perpetuate it yeah. and they like to feel like they're part of the topic that and is part true. of the subject and they're relevant. Fucking they want people to hear what they have to say. Negative ass talking points, spouting, sh- like just, it's so easy to just talk shit versus find out about people. You know, it's like, it's like if somebody tells me something about you and it's like, if I had that problem, I'd want to like weigh in so that they thought like my ideas are important. Right. It's like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Like let people <laughs> be who they are. You know, you mean? stay in your own fucking lane and worry about your own shit. Right. Cause everybody's got their issues. Everybody's got their thing. You know dude, what I mean? Dude, I want to, I, I, I don't know if it's a wrap up, but I got to find out like, what's, mm. are you and your boy talking like, yo man, these hell's angels, man. They probably got some pretty sweet weed. We can uh, start making some money. Do do these Hell's Angels approach you? How the fuck do you get into no, 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 the no, dope no, dealing so, game, dude? My my buddy that we worked for, right? He's a construction company, right? We did in ground pools. It was fucking amazing, right? And uh, that's a fucking sick job. guy. Three of his daughters went to our school, right? And um, he was an amazing person. Like fucking, we just grew up with them, so he trusted us, and he he fucking he grew weed, right? And we realized he what well, he was afterwards. But um, he was just always a really good person to us. You know what I mean? And he, he fucking, we helped him out and he helped us out. And that was it. Gotcha. And he just respected us. We, we, we took care of his daughters and made sure that they were all right. You know what I mean? Like, okay. it was kind of like that. So, um, and in that, that kind of like 
crazy living situation, it's always good to have people that you trust around you. You know what I mean? Like all that kind of shit. Oh, so, so that's um, something that rich people don't get, um, is the relational respect of dependency when you don't, when you don't have. No. And that's, and that's why, that's why interpersonal relationships are so fucking crucial when it comes down to it. I've had so many times where the guys that I knew from that place, uh, had helped me out in weird situations where like I shouldn't have, they shouldn't have been there and I shouldn't have been there. And, uh, there's one specific example. So those guys that I grew up with, um, these two guys, these two black guys from that, that block, right. Knew me very well. Um, and I went down to this part of Toronto when I wasn't going down. Like I just started going down in Toronto really. And, um, there's this really, really kind of sketchy area. And I ended up there with a buddy of mine and these guys were trying to rob us. And sure enough, one of the guys I fucking knew from back there was, was coming around like that area and saw those guys fucking with us mm-hmm. and came over and like stopped them. God. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. like me and my buddy, we, we fucking fought people before, but like these guys would have fucked us up. Yeah. You know I was, I mean? I was about to say, dude, so right this is not a place where you would have wanted to fight back. Yeah. You know yeah right. Mean? So like, is it one of those like, the numbers are decently even the size is decently even, or you got fuckers coming out of cars, coming out of doorways. And you're like, Jesus, these, these guys will fucking hide your body in this place. You know what I mean? Oh, like fuck. it's, it's, it's like a project. It's like fucking gotcha. like, it's, it's like a project. It was called Regent park. Right. It was a really fucked up area of Toronto back in the day. Now it's all gentrified and shit. What were but, you doing down there? Um, picking up some shit. I think with a buddy <laughs> of mine, his brother lived there. My, bro- my buddy's brother was a huge coke dealer. And we fucking, we went there to go pick up some shit. And I was just driving him, right? And uh, they were paying me to do it. And I was just like, fuck it. I'll just, you know, go down there, whatever. Because I'm like, whatever. It's not a big deal. But it just so happened that these guys came out. Oh, fuck. Mm. See, there's my bitch ass interjecting again, dude. Um, I'm just trying to get get an idea of your size, man. Like, so me, I'm 5'10". I'm one. I'm like 165, 170 on a good day if I've really been doing push-ups, you know? Yeah. What you- I'm, I'm, I'm fucking six foot, one forty five, one fifty. Like I'm, I'm skinny kid. Oh yeah, skinny white boy. God, yeah. it, it's that's, that's fucking dude. That that's that but I'm, shit. I'm the like, flies. Fucking, They'll flock I'm, to I you. I played football. I played football for fucking uh, eight years, nine years. Cornerback, and then I swam. No, no, I was. Uh, uh, I played receiver. My first, my first four years, they put me on receiver, obviously. Yeah, and then um, I played for two teams a year. So I played for my city and I played for my school. All with the same guys. So 13 of our guys got drafted to the U.S. And five of them ended up playing pro. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Our team was fucking nuts, man. We Dude, wait, wait, wait. You mean and when you say drafted to the U.S., you mean the NFL? Yeah. Shut yeah. the fuck up, man. Name some names for me. You're fucking... Jamal, West- Jamal Westerman. He played for uh, the Jets, Miami, uh, the Bills. Um, he just came back up here to Canada. My buddy who's playing for the CFL right now is number one running back in Canada, Jerome Westerman, or uh, J- uh, Jerome Messam. Um, yeah, man, I played with some fucking crazy kids. Dude, what, I was trying, how to, I was the trying to go to did, Michigan State. How the fuck did that State. happen? How are you fuckers producing 13? Well, we had a sick coach who knew we needed a scout, right? Most so, that's the problem with, with a lot of Canadian schools is like they don't, they just we're not into it like the U.S. is. The U.S. is a religion, right? It's a religion to fucking play football. Everybody yeah. in the city gives a shit. Like everybody cares. It's not like that here, right? It's just a sport here, and then fucking. But we had coaches that that played pro, 
right? Or oh. played at least college level, right? NCAA and shit. So when I was in, uh, when I was like nine years old, 10 years old, we played for two coaches that played for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, right? The <laughs> CFL team. And, um, and, and, this, and this was, I think, the defining point of our team was the same guys, like 70% of the guys that played for my city team played for my high school team. So we always played together. And playing two teams a year, we always practice together. Yeah, Jesus, dude. So everyone then, knows their fucking roles. Like, I mean, yeah, like three years down coaches, the road. And then our coaches from the city moved behind our school and ended up being our defensive coaches. So they knew oh, us even better. Oh, shit. Dude, especially. And that's when they turned me to defense because my coaches, my coaches made, my coaches in high school made me second string, right? Because they, you know, in high school, they play favorites and all that kind of shit. But when my defensive coaches came over, they were like, yo, this kid should not be on fucking offense. He should be defense. And because he can tackle and ran, uh, run backwards faster than most of you guys can run forwards. Right? right? And he needs to be on first. So I got first string. I uh, think first year I was on, I was, uh, I did, so I did four years of cornerback, uh, or sorry, wide receiver. Then I did my next two years of cornerback. And then my last, my last year was a free safety. Right? Oh, okay. Oh, and so free so free safety, you're more ball hawking or free safety, you're more looking to fuck someone up running? Uh, pick up the rover. Always like fucking – so free safety is behind your middle linebacker, right? Okay. And that's basically like you're just – you're the open man. You're the last guy before the end zone, right? Gotcha. So it's like you're picking up wide receivers or you're picking up runners. You're picking up no. fullbacks and, and fucking gotcha. – and, and nobody gets coming up through the middle. Nobody gets deeper than you. I guess I was thinking more like your mentality, <laughs> right? Um, were you – uh? Were you more as a player, like you were more like, I hope they fucking run so I can run up and just oh, level someone? Or were the, you like that was, the ball that was the key hawk? For me. It was like, they look at me, they look at me like, oh, I'm going to run this kid over, right? Because right? I'm skinny. Yeah. But like, I've been form tackling since I was a little kid. So like, I just know that I have to get lower than them and I can lift the guys 200 pounds over my shoulders. You yeah. Know what I mean? Leverage, so, motherfuckers. Physics, yeah, bitch. It, it, Talk about science. Exactly. Exactly, <laughs> right? So, and, and that was the thing. I had a guy, the only person to ever injure me in any sport that I ever played on was a guy on my own team uh, when we were practicing. And he was five, five, seven or five, eight at the time. This kid, Chris Roach. And uh, he was like 140 pounds. So like my build, but like smaller and shorter than me. Yeah. So just thick. But this kid was like, he was like a fucking weapon. Like <laughs> I've seen, I've seen two hundred thirty-four fucking pound fucking fullbacks run at this kid full full board, yeah. and like he'll twist them right over the head. He stops them. He's a projectile. Like nothing. Right. Yeah, that kid was a scary kid. Um, what was the injury? It was a. It was called shoulder shock. So I, I, uh, we did a point drill. I heard that they actually made this illegal, but now what they do is like, they would set up three pylons, right. Okay. And in like a triangle, right. So imagine that you are at one end of the triangle and the other guys on the other side of the triangle and you got to run towards the center point. Yeah. Right. And one of you has the ball and the other one has to tackle. And that's the only drill. It's just to learn how to tackle and to learn how to shed a tackle. Right. Right. So. Um, I, I had the ball, right? And I knew, and like, or no, sorry, he had the ball and I needed to tackle him, oh, right? Oh, damn, dude, he lit you up. You got injured on defense. Damn, he, that guy must be a beast. He fucking bent right into me. Damn. He like, he, 
So, but the problem was, is I was supposed to tackle him with my head and shoulder side. So if he's coming out from my left side, right? Yeah. Then I should be hitting him with my left shoulder, right? In between my left shoulder and my neck. So that's like the full center of my body, right? From the direction he's coming. But I didn't. I wrapped him around the other way and I tried to take it because I saw him bend into me. So I moved out the way and tried to take him with my arm and he basically almost fucking ripped my arm off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's called shoulder shock and it's almost like a dislocation. But dude, I laid on the ground. I couldn't feel my legs for like 30 seconds. It was fucking crazy. I, I thought I was paralyzed. It was fucked, bro. Um, but so you wanted to go to Michigan state. What held you back? Uh, I have, I have something called a hip pin. So I guess when I was, I used to do track when I was a little kid. And, uh, when I run the joints inside of my, um, hip bone or sorry, my, uh, inside of my hip socket, hip, uh, hip socket, right. Had chipped off, I guess a little bit. And there's a little tiny piece of bone floating in the meniscus. Because I would never uh, run with high knees, right? I would always do like little choppy steps okay. until I lo- learned how to run high knees, right? Which is the proper way to sprint. And um, it always stayed there. So basically, sometimes I can run full out. And it doesn't happen all the time. But sometimes I get like this crazy cramp. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah, yeah. In, in my hip joint. And uh, I went to try out for the Ontario team. And that's exactly what happened. So in order to get to be scouted, I would have had to made the Ontario team and then placed really high in us playing another provincial team. Right. Okay. It's almost like playing for state. Right. And then, and then winning a state championship kind of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, so that's how you get noticed by these D one colleges by legit programs. Or are you talking about like, they were waiting to see who made the Ontario team from the scouts that saw us. All my buddies made the Ontario team. Uh, I didn't make it. And I think two of my other buddies didn't, but they were like, it's just because they were fucking, they, they weren't really good. But um, I didn't make it because I, uh, in, in practice, I got, a, I got the fucking hip pin and I was running my 40s and my times were shit. They were absolute garbage. So I just, I, I didn't perform very well at all. And um, yeah, it's fucking, uh, it was, it, yeah, it's, I fucking wish I could have gone there. A lot of my buddies went over there, which would have been amazing. But um, yeah, it didn't work out that way. What- what what would have been like your realistic uh, forty time? Um, I think I was like back then. I was like four eight. Jesus. No, man. I no, I was just no. I can't say that. I wasn't four eight. I was like five. Okay. I was probably five. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And anybody fucking cracking five on a forty has a chance. Has a yeah, chance. Yeah, it's crazy too. And then you think about, dude. I'm so glad. <laughs> but like, you think about those guys, man. Like, fuck, they're fucking NFL linemen. Okay, they're yeah. NFL linemen. Running five fours, dude. dude. It's a different kind of guy. You see a fucker come around a corner that's six six three forty, and he can fucking hit a four nine forty. Like yeah. that is a crazy. lot of fucking momentum coming at your free safety ass, dude. <laughs> oh no, they're they're insane. They were insane, bro. And I watched my buddies because my buddies played pro, and they still some of them are still playing pro. You know what I mean? I think my buddies are in the tail end of their career right now. So right? it's like I've watched their whole fucking career. And you see how long they've been doing it. And it's, 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 it's amazing. It's, it's, I take my hat off to those guys fucking every day. They work so fucking hard. dude. They all train kids and stuff like that too. Now it's like, it's amazing. Yeah. And just to compare like little cultures, motherfuckers around here doing pop Warner think they're shit. Cause like they made all conference yeah. in, in, in a state like Delaware. And they're like, I'm the offensive coordinator. You need to listen to me. And it's like, 
Dude, all you're doing well, is shouting, man. Like you don't even know. Like you don't even study. You you don't even yeah. realize the science oh, and the technique oh, behind dude. teaching and, and learning. It was bad. Like you could see the difference. So a bunch of the guys that we had played for my school were from the U.S. Right. So one of my buddies was from Michigan. The guy, my buddy uh, uh, Jamal Westerman, right? He we called him Florida because he was fucking from Florida, right? So he <laughs> came from Florida. Hey, that's here. creative. <laughs> yeah, very creative, right? <laughs> that fucking accent too. But uh, uh, so yeah, oh Florida, right? Yeah, it's so cool. But um, uh, <laughs> jokes. Um, but yeah, so the mentality of our fucking team though was so different it had like to be all business dude it just had to be all fucking business like we're not fucking let me, around let me we're give teaching you an example you. okay let me give you an example please so we have something so every every year they would have this post or this preseason jamboree right where all the teams from all the schools at least in that division would go to one school and they would play 15 minutes of football with like different teams like round robin kind of bullshit okay just yeah so we, we call that a play day down here yeah, exactly. It's like a fucking jamboree or preseason, whatever. So they so they did that at the school called Robert F. Hall. Okay, this the school had fucking forty five players on their team, so they were the biggest team in our league, right? And in fifteen minutes, we scored forty five points on them, okay, and injured eight of their players. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, dislocated Holy shoulders, shit, fucking dude. broken collarbones. Uh, one had a broken tibia. Wait, what's like, the age? Is this high school? Yeah, high school. This okay. is grade 12. So, right. like, fucking... so, dude, at first I'm picturing you guys as a bunch of fucking nine, ten-year-olds just going in there wrecking shop. <laughs> and I didn't know if I should dude, laugh or not. <laughs> we were, it was, they were fucking pylons, bro. So, and, and, and the only time I've ever seen in my life this happen, happened on the very last game that we ever played. So, uh, we played, uh. We won, we won offset championships, which is our Ontario provincial uh, championship. Right. And we played it at York university, uh, against the other tier two team or sorry, the other, uh, team that was second place. Right. And that was Iona. Okay. So Iona had fucking, what did they have their record? Six, 56 points scored total in their season. No, what the fuck my time? 56. <laughs> it was fucking horrible bro it was horrible. Oh, you mean, it was like right. 60, 60 or 70 points total scored on t- scored against them right okay no they scored i don't remember what it was 56 yeah i think it was 56 total. The, the, it, it this, almost, it's, the, it's such a low score God. it almost doesn't even seem real and this is over 13 games okay? i was about to say so you're talking about the points they score in the season basically they're averaging that's a right. touchdown a game yeah if that that's if that if I you know what no it must have been. it can't even it's not even possible it must have been higher than that maybe it was 156. Hey you know what ain't nobody okay. fact checking this shit we're putting them bitches at yeah. 30 points for the season go Fuck those guys <laughs> I think it was it, I'm gonna give them 156 because that's what I think it was but right. ours was 275. Oh yeah so you're fucking you're you're just licking your chops at this point Murder you're ready to people. fucking Bro, we fucking murdered it was retarded right and then and then what happened was. So we played them in the finals, and this is the finals. Like this is the fucking championship of our of fucking of our like our province, dude. Okay? Before you get Bronx to the Trail. game, before you get to the game, just give <laughs> me some sort of pregame coach hype, player hype talk. In the we're laughing. Room. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, you know what we did before every fucking game? Smoke. We watched. 
no, we watched no, fuck <laughs> that. We watched the speech from uh, Any Given Sunday. Oh, remember that shit with Al Pacino, with, uh, with uh, the inch fight for the inch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a game of inches. Yeah, bro, we listen to that every fucking. And when you time. add those inches up, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Who was that fucking uh, Al Pacino, man? Al Pacino, that's yeah, it. bro, sick, sick, bro. Yeah, we used to watch that fucking shit like crazy. Dude, so terrible football movie, but great fucking like oh, yeah. talk. Do you know what this, I'm saying? This, like Pacino this, fucking kills. It was a horrible movie. Horrible, but dude, terrible. But the Pacino gets it. Those fucking guys, they were all savages. Yes, hundred like, percent. Absolute fucking savages, and that's how we did it. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And we fucking went in there, and you remember, like we're playing against kids who are like 17 years old. Bro. Yeah, and you got fucking NFL dudes. You got NFL cats on your squad. Yeah, bro. That many. And, like, my my guys were fucking 6'1", fucking 185 pounds. Like, 6'2", 185 pounds. Like, ridiculous. And they're running uh, 4'6". Yeah. Like, they're they're already purebred athletes. Yeah. Like, crazy, okay? My buddy Jamal Westerman, or uh, uh, Jerome Messam, the guy who's number one running back in fucking Canada, okay? This kid came from Jamaica, so he came in. To grade nine, they've set him back a year because he was supposed to be in grade ten, but they set him back a year. Oh, like, the red shirt, dude! dude yeah. Do you know that's a huge thing here, like the reclassification, oh. so that you can just fucking beat up on kids that are prepubescent. <laughs> oh, I, I can't. I, I can only imagine. It's a strategy. A, so that shit's going thing, on. Hey? Yeah, dude, dude, yeah. that fucking extra year of grown man muscle by the time you're a senior. Well, bro, this guy would had to think about that. This guy looked like he was already in grade twelve. No doubt, like he was fucking gigantic and he was sprint he was the first he was came in fastest guy in our fucking team easily running plays running routes like he'd been running them for fucking 20 years right like like this kid was drafted to our school from jamaica okay Jesus. like it was ridiculous and uh but yeah we had these guys on and then our buddy davy mason who was a fucking he was our tight end or no he was our he was our fullback bro this guy was Five eight two. Tell me he was two something. Two forty. I knew it. Two forty. Fucking knew it. Yeah. Jesus, talk about a fucking I wrecking ball. I watched him run a touchdown with six guys trying to hold him back. Jesus Christ, dude. Let like alone the yards. holes. 10, Let alone the yards. fucking holes that that bitch could open up for a quick motherfucker behind him. Dude, so that fucking guy, right? He's the one who injured two guys on the same play. <laughs> one, he injured. He injured one guy by popping him in. Like he popped him from the front broke his collarbone Jesus. right and then a guy who was hanging onto his stomach slipped through his legs and dislocated his shoulder holy shit <laughs> dude dude after dude, the first it was retarded yo after and this the guy first... was like the sweetest guy on earth like well they big dudes follow, normally are follow a fucking uh, a fucking butterfly down the street yeah you know no doubt. I mean? make sure it gets home safe yo so dude. first kid gets injured what does their sideline do? Like they just fucking know it's over or are they still like hyped trying to come at y'all? No, no. Okay. So this is how this game played out. It was the whole game. It's exactly what happened. And I've never seen this ever happen before. Okay. So <laughs> this is bad. So they would kick it to us. Right. I think we, I don't remember if we won the coin toss or not. No, no, no. I think we kicked it to them. We kicked it to them. Fucking stopped them at like the 30. Stopped them for four four downs. They never made a fucking first down. And then we ran it in. Oh, okay? Jesus. Then fucking, again, same thing. Kicked to them, right? I think at one point we did an onside kick just for fun. It was fucking retarded. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, it was bad. 
So kick to them, stop dude, them, running in for a touchdown. Dude, dude, I, dude, like, no, no. When you say shit, like, like sometimes you'll do shit for fun playing other teams when it's like a whatever. It was disrespectful. It was but, disrespectful. But that's a fucking cha- like a championship game, and it's so lopsided. You're just fucking yeah. having fun. You're like, ah, let's try pylons. outside. Cook. They were fucking pylons, <laughs> and this is how bad it was because in nine years of playing fucking football, I've never seen this. Okay, we kicked it so. I think we did an onside kick just before the half. Like it wasn't too disrespectful, right? Like it was, <laughs> we were trying to get it just before we lost the time, right? Okay. Did an onside kick, get the points, fucking, they kicked it to us. They kicked it to us um, for the second half. That's right. We, they kicked it to us. We ran it in for a touchdown. Okay. Oh, God. Right after the second half. Then we kicked it to them and we stopped them on the 35. And dude, I'm telling you, it was bad. Like as soon as we stopped them on the 35, their coach came over to my coach and went, look, He's it was just fucking kick it to them, right? Oh no, that's what happened. Um, <laughs> we 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 got it back from them. They brought us to four. Uh, I think we were on like forty or fifty or something like that on our thirty or forty or whatever because they punted it to us, right? Then they stopped us and we were at fourth down, right? And instead of punting it to them, we were just gonna fucking run it. We we're gonna get our first down, right? Right? Like I think we were like ten yards away or two. It was like it was oh fucking Jesus. like. Yeah, we had ten. It was like four and ten. Like fucking. Yeah. You punt it all day every day, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like fuck them. Like just fucking run it, and <laughs> right. So we went to go do that, and the, their coach saw that, and they came, he came over to my coach and went, "Just kick it to the guys," right? And as soon as he said that, Jamal ran on the fucking field. It's over. It's fucking over. <laughs> it was it, and we rushed the field, bro. The game ended just after the half. They conceded. I've never in my entire fucking life seen a coach concede in a championship game. That mother- It was like, 56. Dude. It was 56 to 6 by the first half. Jesus Christ. Dude, he literally crossed the field. Like in Canada, you're not sharing a sideline, right? You're still opposite uh, sidelines. Yeah, yeah. Shut the Cross- fuck up. <laughs> That's a- yeah. Jesus dude. Christ. It was unreal. <laughs> and unreal. Your, and your boy runs on the field, huh? <laughs> dude. It's over! He fucking pulls off his helmet. It's fucking... It was great. And then they took a photo and they put our shit in the newspaper. So I had the one right after, like, they fucking... Oh, it was fucking shit. hilarious. Jesus And there's just a smile on his face. <laughs> dude, I'll never forget no that. doubt. Yo, so when you get... Du- when you're around dudes like that, who are not only just that gifted but yeah. give that much of a fuck mm-hmm. it's like utopic utopic yeah. sports yeah. Yeah. dude it just it fucking gravitates and it seeps into everyone and just it, it just elevates like, dude it elevates like everyone two three levels just being in that atmosphere you know what i mean 100 percent. like like, you like you, you're more focused you're more on your game you're you got your head on a swivel like you, you're you're more you, you pay attention to so many more details Right, you know what I mean? Yeah, dude. It, the buy-in when your dudes are just that fucking. So, have you been? Um, are you into the Michael Jordan Bulls documentary at all? I've watched the first two. I haven't watched the next ones because I was working on some shit. But I'm I'm dying. I love watching the Michael Rappaport fucking little oh. <laughs> little splurges on it every once in a while. Fucking Rappaport. So I haven't watched Rappaport, but him. I think he got banned off of every podcast that I listen to as a guest. Because yeah, at all. Because he just fucking comes in on like, dude. He was like you. That that's why. Like at the beginning of the pod, I was like, wait, wait, wait. Let me just start recording because you're fucking. You're you're lit. You're ready to go. And and Rappaport's just like that, dude. He's like, I'll fucking yeah. coming in. Hot. He doesn't feel or anything he doesn't do it 
a second take. He doesn't care. He don't he give a fuck. But again, he's one of them dudes that's like been a, he he's another guy that's just a fucking floater. Like he would fit in anywhere he wanted to fit in. Oh, exactly. And that's you the know? thing is like when you talk your real shit, as long as it's coming from a wholesome place and a good place and you're not a fucking asshole. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah, have you, to listen to those people. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they're not doing it for themselves. They're doing it because it's honest. Right. Do you know and, what I mean? And it's kind of funny. It's like it's okay if you're a little bit of a dick as long as you're not an asshole. Exactly. <laughs> and there's a and very fine I line. Some, I have some fucking asshole friends, but you know what? They are who they are all day, every day. Yeah. And it's not like they have to put on a face for people. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of my buddies uh, who who uh, there's this one 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 of my buddies, right? <laughs> and and fuck, I'm not even gonna mention him, but he <laughs> if he ever hears this shit, because he uh, I chill with him all the time. But like he like a lot of people fucking um, you know what I mean? I probably told him this anyways. So um, a lot of people fucking hate on the fact that he's a fucking asshole. And he is. He's a fucking asshole. But you know what? I fucking love this. Like, he doesn't get along with most people I know. Right. Right? And most people don't get along with him. They really don't like him. What makes him – is he just sarcastic? Is he, like, super negative? No, it's just just sometimes people don't like to fucking hear the truth, right? Uh, But he's also an asshole on top of it. He's super sarcastic. But he doesn't give a fuck if you like him or not. Gotcha. He's one of those people, right? But. The thing is, I'll never, ever have to question that guy's character. I know who he is yeah. all day, every day. There's no surprises in him. You That's know what a I mean? good point. I'm not going to fucking ask him to help me with something or trust him with something and wonder what he's going to do. I know what he's going to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's and real shit. And, and that's that's the thing. is Some real-ass motherfucking people, people don't – they can't handle because they're all oh, – they're so abrasive. They're this and that. It's okay. Well, go, go hang out with the person who's going to be nice to you. And put on the face, and when shit hits the fan, you don't know if you can trust them. Yeah, that's that. Again, if you go to, um, and I, I don't know, man. The 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 more I get, though, I strive to be rich people. Um, the more I slander them because I'm like, I just don't fucking trust them, man. There's something yeah. I don't know if it's Illuminati, country club, like whatever the fuck it is, that it's like there's other shit going on, and I it makes me feel like I'm autistic. Where I'm like, yeah. can you just tell me the regulations? What are the rules so we can just fucking yeah. be what we are? Like, what's all yeah. with these hidden innuendos and agendas and how we speak? Let's just fucking talk. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things. That's why I love it. I had somebody the other day go, why do you curse so much? And I honestly, it's like, yo, I don't fucking, I don't trust people who don't swear. Dude, <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's... um. I don't trust people who don't swear. It's, it's funny because when you talk to people from the South and stuff like that, they're so proper, right? Yeah. But like... But it's one of those things for me. It's like, that's where your honesty comes from. It comes from a real place. And how willing are you to show your emotions on the, on your, on a plate? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, I think cursing is very... Are Pardon? Well, no, it's just passionate. It's amazing that you were talking about cursing and then you reply with, pardon? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but dude, like, it, I think the cursing comes from like just fucking being genuinely passionate exactly. about whatever it is you're speaking on. You, and, and it's you're not really like, about not filtering your speech. Hundred percent. Yeah, because I mean? yeah, if you're not cursing, dude, a lot of time curse words are like fillers for you to almost catch up with your thoughts of what you're trying to exactly. say. And, and then, these motherfuckers that yeah. pontificate and have these eloquent talking points and are able to articulate yeah. them with multi-syllables in order to help you get a breath of understanding. Oh, and that's fine too. I speak with some big ass words too. Yeah, yeah, but right? what I'm saying is, dude, you can't string that shit on the freestyle together through a conversation without no, cursing and no. treading a little bit of water. It, it's and all that, it's all like premeditated at that point. That was one of the funniest parts of growing up in my dad's shop because my dad at home, you'd never know this guy ever swore. 
ever. Oh, really? You go to the shop, every other word is fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> fucking, fucking, this is fucking, just, with his guys, it was almost like he walked into a shop and he flipped the switch. It was so weird. Right. Because it was so obvious to me. But it was so natural to him that he didn't notice it. He was just always trying to hold a different candor at home, right? And then when you go to the shop with his guys, oh, fucking, fucking, the fuck. Well, you got to be whatever. a shop guy, right? Like, yeah. like you're not, it's, it's. It's honestly exactly like what you just said. Um, so I served in the military and it was something that um, I noticed when oh, nice. I went away to basic training. It was like, dude, you got to make sure you fit in with these dudes because these are your dudes. And if they exactly. don't fucking accept you and if they don't yeah. think you're about it, to trust you. you are fucked, man. You don't want to be on the outs. You don't want to be the cold shoulder. You want to be the dude that can like ride with them. Whatever the fuck it is. Trust in the military is the number one thing. That's it's. Dude, Those people are going to die with you. Yeah, you it's life, I mean? it's like, life and death type shit. It, it's it's right. honestly a lot like, not not like street. You don't want to like minimize it like street living or, or street no. shit, but it's very similar where it's just purely survival and relational. Yeah, and it's a coded language. You know what I mean? It's something that people that do it are the only people who are going to understand it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Growing up around it, and that's what 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 type of military service did you do? I do. It was bullshit. So it was, um, it, it was just basic training. So I went national guard to go to college cause I didn't have any college yeah. funds either. My, um, I was thinking about looking at that myself. I was going to go to the Royal T- Canadian military college. What would that have I, done for yeah. you in Canada? So they would have paid for, uh, they would have paid for college, right? It would okay. have been like the, the Royal Canadian military college, really, really good schooling. So I would have like technical stuff like that, whatever, anything I really wanted to do, I could have done that. And then um, they pay you while you're in there and then they pay you when you do your military service. I think you have to do two or three years okay. service and they pay you for all that. And then by the time you're done, you come out and you know, you, you got a few, you got a few bucks. Got Yeah. And um, then you can continue with them or you can, uh, go get your personal career. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Got right? you. And what stopped you and from doing that? So it was, a, so my thing was after living with my buddy for a year and a half, or sorry, for a year finishing school, my dad got me my first place, which was at my uncle's, my uncle's basement apartment. And, um, um, I was 18. So it was the first one of my friends all learned. I was seven. I was just before I was 17. No, sorry. 17 and a half. <laughs> so yeah, it was just after I was 17. So 17 and a half, just finished school. Fucking, um, um, I didn't graduate by the way. I was like two and a half credits short. So man, you were talking like you trying to get into Michigan state. How are you going to get into Michigan state? If you didn't graduate yeah, I had high school, grades. Dude, I had horrible grades. And not only that, like <laughs> I love science so much. I really, I really, really wanted to fucking do like, I wanted to be a forensic pathologist. Right. So I wanted to go like almost like CSI kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was really into it. Like I really, really loved, I, I'm not squeamish at all. I have no problem with that. I just, you know, I'm compassionate about that kind of stuff. But at the same time, like I'm really good at science. It's just, I don't love it. You know what I mean? So, um, I looked, I seriously looked at my life and went, okay, so I was working, Brampton is a very factory built town. So there's like, um, our Chrysler plants is here, our fucking GM plants, like all of our big plants and stuff like that. All the major manufacturing, Canadian tire and all that stuff, all big warehouses. It's a lot of warehouse jobs, a lot of like, um, you know what I mean? Uh, Easy to get, yeah. Easy to get lost into that, like day labor kind of stuff. Dude, I did it for three and a half years. I worked for like at least 12 different companies through an agency. Um, Dude. Like, you know what I mean? Kid with no schooling, fucking no backing, no nothing. I'm just paycheck to paycheck. So I did that and I got fucked over by a bunch of really good companies that wanted to hire me on full time. It didn't work out and all this kind of stuff. And um, um, 
Oh, where's that going with that? Oh yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, I was wondering why you didn't go with the, um, Canadian Royal military. Did oh, I yeah. say that right? Okay, Canadian so, Royal military. Yeah. The Royal military college, Royal military college. So, I wanted, I was trying to figure out exactly what it is that I wanted to do with my life. And my mom's, my mom's boyfriend at the time, the guy she moved out with was uh, a formal, a former, uh, military guy. Right. Okay. So he was like, oh. he, was a, he, he was special forces. And, um, um, uh, did like all he, he was in, he was in, uh, oh, what is it? He was in Africa in, um, um, uh, Nigeria. Um, that really, really, uh, crazy part of Africa. Um, oh, there's a bunch of them, but <laughs> <laughs> I forget um, what it's called. Anyways. So he was over there. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking of, of like Rwanda, but I don't honestly know. I'm just thinking of the movies I've seen. Not Rwanda, shit. not Rwanda. Um, um, Ethiopia, Somalia, Somalia. No. Wasn't that where the fucking Black Hawk, Black Hawk Down went? Yeah, that was that was was Nigeria. No, that was yeah. I think it was Somalia. That was, but this, yeah, because no, that was all the pirates place. and shit too, right? Like the Somalian pirates, they're just fucking robbing okay. people. Yeah, they're they're crazy there, and it's 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 a crazy uh, society. But there's this one place where it's all like the the Hutus and the Tutsis, and it's like it's very like. Uh, gangland oh, kind of like that was hotel militia. rwanda dude where they were yeah, fucking just going through the genocide so, yeah rwanda is the same thing but there's another little part there forget what it's called um not namibia i forget it's so many fucking places in africa but um so yeah he was out there he was stationed out there for a while and um i i grew up with like enjoying the military thing like i was an air cadet and all this kind of stuff so i did like that kind of I, dude, I've fucking lived like every life there is for every different fucking, I was always put into everything else. Um, but, uh, That's why you so that was flow. one option. I, I was trying to weigh out whether I wanted to go to school for science. Uh, but that, the, the path to do that with, with a shitty high school career was so long. Oh. And so I broke it down. Like at 17, I fucking broke it down. I was like, okay, if I want to do this, how do I have to do it? I realized without that, that education, I would have had to go for my mature student test, right? Which I actually didn't pass, right? So can I, can I pause you just to translate? So the mature, did you say mature student test? Gives you your GED. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's the high school equivalent. Like, all right. Exactly. Gotcha, gotcha. So, that can, is, so here the GED is called the OOSD. So it's Ontario uh, Secondary School Equivalency, right? Or secondary, Ontario Secondary School Diploma, right? So OOSD. And then uh, that's exactly like your GED. Gotcha. And you can only do it two years out of being high school, out oh. of, uh, like after you've been out, right? So uh, it's like a, it, they call it the mature student test, okay? Right? So and it only tests you on three proficiencies, which is fucking ridiculous. It tests you on English, math, and like some other shit. Writing, probably. And yeah, it's super fucking easy. Well, it, I studied for it, but it, it was yeah. It's like I could have done that whole thing instead of going to high school, dude. So but. think about that shit. Like, what does that say about education? And so again, like, not not to cut you off, but just like th that's what fucking amazes me. They put such importance on four years, all these classes yep. every day, show up, and then it's like, man, when you drop out, you know what, man? We're really just gonna test you on three fucking areas, and it's gonna take about yeah. three and a half hours. And, and who gives a fuck if you have them now, anyways? And and if and if you and you just need a seventy, and you're fine. And it's like, yeah. wait, I can boil down, I can reduce four years of education to a fucking well, standardized four-hour test. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Wait, yeah, so, so I, did you pass it or did you take it? Yeah, no, I did pass it. So so before I did it, though, I was looking at, like, if I wanted to do this whole science career, right? And I basically, um, 
I look, I would have had to do two years after getting that, that test, right. I would have looked at doing two years in chemical engineering, um, at, uh, Sheridan, then taking those credits, transferring them over to the UFT to do criminology. That would have been another two year program. Then taking those and going to Waterloo, the university of Waterloo was like our best football program. Okay. And then it also is the best school for forensics in the country. So I would have taken it and gone there and that would have been another four years. Right. So I would have had my doctrine or sorry, my, um, uh, my master's in there. Okay. Right. And then you have your master's and then you usually go somewhere to do your diploma or your, your, your uh, doctrine, right. Okay. To, to become uh, a pathologist. So then after all that, I looked at, okay, what are the careers that I can actually get into once I have that yeah. qualification? And there's two and you either work for the, you work as a criminologist, for a uh, sorry a criminal pathologist for the police right which requires you to know all the police laws so you actually have to be a, a cop for about 10 years oh shit. eight to ten years before you even get considered unless you're a lab tech which then, then you're just a lab tech you just fucking right. you go in there and you analyze shit but yeah, you're not you're, actually like helping to solve the, the crimes yeah right? you're a code right? man they they shit on you they just fucking exactly. roll yeah, you're, over just you. a, you're just a worker in the lab yeah no doubt right but you still need all of that schooling in order to be a worker in the lab. So to be an actual criminal pathologist, somebody who fucking does this as a police investigator kind of thing, you have to be a cop for 10 years. Wasn't looking to do that. Oh, wow. So the other, the other idea is going to work for a law firm where you're a forensic investigator for claims or an insurance company, sorry. Oh. Right? Where you're a forensic investigator God. for claims. And I was like, fuck all that shit. So I dumped that, that idea instantly as soon as I broke down the path to get to where I wanted to be. And so, it would have been like 15 years. Dude, I'm going to pause you, know you I mean? there because I don't think fuckers – and I shouldn't call them fuckers because when I say fuckers, I'm referring to high school students. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like – they don't actually – That was probably one of the single most important things I ever did. Dude, like – so what spurred you to do that? Because I don't think that's fucking foresight. I don't think that kind of foresight's common. When you're on your own, you have – It just keeps coming back to that shit. You're just figuring it yeah. out. You're, yeah. You have, I had nobody. So I had, you can look at this as a positive or a negative, And this is where my brain took over. Right. I can look at it as I have nobody in my corner. I have nobody trying to guide me. I have nobody helping for resources. Right. Or I can look at it as I have the freedom to do anything I fucking want without anybody telling me different. There it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when it comes with the, the, the responsibility of both, do you know what I mean? You have like, I basically realized that like nobody was going to back me up. Nobody was going to tell me not to do something. I have all my friends in my ear telling me, oh, my parents are keep asking me what college I'm going to. And what I'm, doing. I'm like, fucking be lucky because some of us don't have that shit, right? I can understand that some parents can be overbearing and shit like that. But at the end of the day, at least you have somebody who gives a fuck about what you want to do. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I didn't have that, right? Yeah, I but, had to be that. Which but at the same time. Which made me a little bit more of an animal about it. Well, no, right? I'm looking at it at almost, maybe it's the same angle, but I'm wording it different. Like. Um, it's like you were able to discover kind of like what you said. I can't remember if we were recording at the time about, um, you not having any formal art training. So you get to discover who you are. If your parents are constantly, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm getting at. Like your dad's an engineer. So your dad's all hyping up engineering. And like, if you're in America, whatever your dad goes to Penn state, it's like, Oh, well I feel the need to go to Penn state because my father went to Penn state. That's where my brother goes. And that's my one objective. Fuck whatever it costs. Fuck what the major is. Fuck what my interest is. We feed each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, And at the end of the day, and and this is what happened to me was I boiled down everything. So I worked in a bunch of different fields and just crossing one off the next. I worked in sales and sold fucking 
a retail. I worked for Guess. I worked for Harry Rosen, all these suit companies. Oh, Jesus. Wait. So were, were you wearing Guess clothes while you were dealing weed? Because that would have been some real no, nice attire. absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I actually, it was funny working at Guess. So I walked into this mall. It's one of our biggest malls in Canada. It's called the Square One. It's here in Mississauga. And uh, there's this Guess store. And they had, you know, men's section, whatever. And I worked previously in, a, in the most expensive store in that mall called Harry Rosen. It's like suits and shit like that. And uh, so I was like, I can do fucking retail. So I walked into this one and I had actually started working as a chef. So I worked as a chef for nine years while I was building my art portfolio. Oh, right? okay. And I did that while I was in school because a chef career is something that you can like, you know, you can fuck with the schedule and restaurants are the most like amiable jobs you can get. Cause you can always find a fucking shift any time of day. Exactly. And you can work at any different restaurant with the same experience. hundred percent. Right? The they, same they take you. Yeah. Exactly. Fries, fries so, or fries, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, um, um, while what? I was working at this one restaurant, I worked at Guest as well, right? So I could have the two jobs fill fill the time. And I walked into this one, and it's huge, it's fucking huge Guest. And there's a men's section. I was like, oh fuck, okay, cool, I can fucking work. So I get the interview. Fuck, girl hires me on the spot, and I'm like, and she's like, oh, she's like, that's sick. She's like, you're the first guy we've hired in two years. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, guy <laughs> or straight guy? <laughs> No guy, period. <laughs> <laughs> guy, period. Dude, no guy. There, I was like, I, I thought because they have a men's section, they have fucking dudes working there. Dude, I was working with thirty girls. Yeah, and the, the problem, the, the, the problem is, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't much of a problem. They were really cool. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty good, but it was funny. And no uh, so yeah, um, I worked. I worked at the small. I, I did that. I did. I worked for. Uh, this company called Goman's who sells like high end, high end appliances, Mila, Viking, Wolf, Sub-Zero, all that shit. So I did a lot of retail and then, um, I did, I worked in all those factories and then, uh, the whole point was like, basically when I was growing up, figuring out what I wanted to do, I worked at all these fucking companies and I was still dealing weed and shit like that. I was like, I fucking have to go to college. I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to go for, but I was like, I have to go to college for something. Can, can I ask you, so why are you feeling you have to go to college? Because you can't get like a management job or because you no, feel no, like you I need just, a salary I just, thing? I, I, think, I think it was the empowerment of it. Oh, being able to say like, I, I'm a college. Like, so, so. No, it, it, no, and no. And this, and this is one thing that I, I have always been about. So I never... Okay, so I, I stopped dealing, right? Because this is how this is funny how I stopped dealing too. So um, I I moved maybe like ten kilometers, ten uh, maybe like I don't know, fuck eight nine miles away from my my like where I grew up, right? So not far, but like far enough that it's not generally in general area of most of my friends. Yeah. So I moved in front of like this college, Sheridan College, and um, so it's more of a mission for my buddies to come out and see me, especially for all the people who pick up off. Me. Right. Okay. I was getting, dude, I was getting like 150, 200 calls a day. It was crazy. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. It was just for like dimes and shit like that. Right. Which is really easy if you're living in the fucking general vicinity of everyone. Yeah. 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 But uh, as soon as I moved out there, it became a little bit harder, but I was the first one to have my, my place on my own. So all my friends would come over to my place and do their own shit. And then like, I was like, our, our city was super like every fucking, every cop there is like trained as a narcotics officer. Like they're fucking crazy. Oh wow. Right. So everybody's getting searched. My friends are all getting their fucking cars ripped out. Um, my buddies are driving around looking for Coke in the middle of the night. And they're getting stuck up and all this shit. So I started picking up like crazy kinds of shit. 
But I was telling them, I was like, look, you want to do it? Just fucking come to my house, do it here, party here, fucking then go home. Don't be driving <laughs> around looking for shit, right? And I'm telling you, you probably saved a few of my friends' lives. You know what I mean? Right. And I did that for a while until I started seeing breaking up a few of my friends' relationships that I'd seen for a long, like, really long time. And uh, I said, you know what? I had a decent amount of money. I didn't owe anybody anything. And I ended up losing my cell phone. And I lost it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I didn't pick up another one for six months. Oh, wow. Off the grid type shit. Yeah. I was like, fuck it. I was like, I was like, I remember everybody's number. I was like, so it's not like I need one. And I was like, like, I don't owe anybody shit. I was like, and if I fucking just get rid of my phone, eventually they're going to start calling somebody else. You know what I mean? So, so that was, was how I got the, out. The relationships, you said the relationships were fucked up or breaking up. What do, what do you mean by that? Like, you know, it's just like, okay, so one of my really good friends and his girl, we'd known that they've been dating since they were fucking grade eight. Right. Oh no. Don't end the story and, right, this way. They grew don't up, end the story. Oh God. Yeah. They all started doing weed. We all started smoking weed that turned to Coke that like, I never touched. I, I fucking sold it for two years. I never touched it in my life. Right. And all my friends got like, I, I, I really never had an addictive personality to anything in my whole life, except maybe cigarettes. And, um, um, they got hooked on it. And, and that was the biggest problem that I saw was like, they would start fighting about it. And then like, they were doing it so much together. And my buddy's Portuguese. So fuck, you can imagine how much he would do. Right. <laughs> I did. I did not. I, I can't. Cause I didn't know. Do the Portuguese have like an incredible cocaine stamina? Good God, man. Do they? I would have gone Colombian, not Portuguese. Oh yeah. They, the same thing. It's fucking same thing. Really? But <laughs> fuck, my buddy, my Portuguese buddies, dude, I've never seen anybody do so much cocaine in my life. It is unreal. <laughs> fuck. Oh, <shit. laughs> but yeah, so they, they would, they would fucking do that shit together. And, um, then they would like swear off of it. Nobody's grabbing it anymore. You're not grabbing it. I'm not grabbing it. And then they would both come to me separately. Right. Oh. Like, Hey, can I grab it? And I was like, no, 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 I'm not doing that. So in order for them to stop or at least take it, the responsibility out of my hands, I had to get rid of it. So I stopped everything. Gotcha. And then, um, so I got rid of all that shit and then I lost my cell phone. I was like, fuck it. Like two weeks later after that, I was like, I lost my cell phone. It's like, fuck it. So I still had some money stacked up. So I fucking used that to go to college. <laughs> you actually and, made it to college. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the thing was, well, the thing was, is that like, it wasn't to go to college. It was basically to like support myself. Right. So, um, our school system here, they give OSAP, which is Ontario's like scholarship, whatever, or like their funds. Right. And your parents have to like, see how much they make. And like, they can give you a certain amount to go to school. Gotcha. But you have yeah. to pay that back in a loan, right? It's your school loan. Okay. I think so, that's similar to financial aid in America. Yeah. It's, it's the exact same thing. Okay. So I qualified for $13,000 a year. Nice. Right. Now this, the, the thing about this, the U S and the Canadian school are way different in money, <laughs> like big, big time. Uh, I was, I used to date this girl in Tampa and she was trying to go to the art Institute and she was telling me about the art Institute in Chicago, the one in California and the one in Tampa that like, and how much each one of them were for the same program. And it was fucking unreal. Dude. Like, I think it was like 150 K for four year at, uh, the one in, um, uh, the one in, where was it? Chicago for arts. Wait, one hundred and fifty k for a year or for four, four years? Four, four years. So you're almost at forty grand a year to learn how to be an artist. Yeah. Wow. And graphic artist. Yeah, yeah. Graphic. Wow. Design. So then in uh, Tampa, it was a hundred. I think one hundred eighty k or one hundred ninety k. Jesus. Right. 
And then in California, it was 250K. Yeah, the same program Fucking everywhere. And They're then, all the art institutes. So it's not like a different school. It's the same right? school. Unreal. Yeah, that that's program just here up. you can get for $40,000 for four years. And it's the what? best the best one in the whole country. Holy it's shit. It's shared in uh, Trafalgar campus, which is down in Oakville here, not not far from me. Fucking, it's 40 grand. It's like your, your tuition is like, I think, $3,500, $4,000 for both semesters. And then all your books and your supplies and your shit like that, right? So it comes out to like after each year, it probably costs you about 10 grand, right? Yeah. Per year. And that's it. And then you get, you have the, you graduate from that program. It's a three-year waiting list, right? So Holy you graduate shit. from that program and you fucking get a job anywhere in the world for graphic art, Jesus right? Like, Christ. I mean, video games, anything. Yeah, Blizzard, yeah. You can work for any company you want. And um, yeah, it's, it's just unreal. So I ended up getting uh, every year, I got 13 grand. And this was the thing is I did so much fucking research because I didn't have any money to go anywhere. My parents didn't give me any money. Nobody was like telling me how to do any of this shit. So I was like, okay, what do I want to go to school for? I started flipping through the book course guys and I saw e-commerce management. So I went to school for online business. Oh, right. And that's both my brothers own like online. Well, my oldest brother owns a huge online advertising company. Right. So I was like, Oh, I'll fucking work with him. So I was like, I have to learn the space. So I, um, I started working with, uh, I started going to that school and basically, um, uh, got $13,000 a year in order to go to each year. And, um, I, by the time I was done, I owed like 39 grand. And because I had applied for every bursary and every scholarship, I only owed about half of that. I only owed 14 grand. Oh, wow. By the time I was done. So I got every bursary, every scholarship they had, but I didn't graduate. <laughs> I'm starting to notice a trend here, Paul. Yeah. I didn't graduate and I didn't graduate because I didn't have enough money to continue going to school. So oh. my final semester I had, um, I was working, like I needed to keep working. I didn't have any money left to like just go to school. You know oh. what I mean? Yeah. So I had to keep working. And at that point, um, we had two chefs leave from the restaurant that I was working at. So they were keeping me until two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And all my fucking classes, all my important classes were at 8 a.m. So I was missing everything. Right. Right. So I ended up dropping out so that I could keep working because I wasn't making enough money. So I had to leave and that was it. And I fucking took that and I ended up spending the next two years kind of doing some design work and little graphic stuff here and there. And um, my brother showed me this online virtual virtual world called uh, Second Life. Right. And I was a content creator in there for like two years. And that's when I started learning about my love of art. Like I've always been creative and basically uh, being in there and doing that for two years and just learning how to create things and being around really high level, like content creators uh, showed me how much passion I have for like that kind of artwork. You know what I mean? When you're, when you say creating things, you're talking about like graphically or you're talking about like physically? No, 3d, like graphically. Like I was making 3d sculptures. I was using Maya. I met people who taught me 3D Max, Maya, the entire Adobe suite. Uh, I picked it all up like a sponge and I started doing little projects here and there. And I was like loving every minute of it. You know what I mean? So that's and, that's transferable. Like, so if you can make shit on a computer screen just by like seeing the 3D-ness, when you got to turn again, like we'll just keep using like the lockers into a skyline. Well, no, I grew up with a practical understanding of how to build things, right? Gotcha. So now because it's all coming together and like the visuals are just yeah, exactly. fucking. So I started gotcha. merging things together. And then when I did that for like two years, I was like, I ended up breaking up with this girl that I was with. 
And I was like, I got empowered again, right? And I was like, you know what, fuck, I need to go back to school again for something I really want to learn. And I was like, what can I learn with art? So I picked up this course guide and I started looking through it. And I saw industrial designer. And uh, I had no fucking clue what that meant. But like, I didn't study, <laughs> I had no idea what it meant. I'd but you thought it, it sounded like fucking boss. And you were like, yeah. No, but I, I, I read the description, right? And I, I've been studying Da Vinci like my whole life, right? And I realized it's exactly what the fuck he was, right? It's somebody who takes all their all of their um, understanding of people, their understanding of um, society and practical uses and invention and innovation and all these things, and you merge them into or in order to create products for people or designing products and concepts for people that work with society, right? And that's and that's exactly what industrial design is. And when I saw that, a fucking light bulb went off, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "This literally is like." the thing I can do that will take all the aspects of my personality and put it into one place. Right. Okay. So I ended up going to design. Uh, so I, I, by the time I realized this, it was like mid or mid August. So I had like two weeks to apply to this course that started in September and it was already full. So I basically went to the school and I had a two year portfolio of all the shit that I'd be doing on second life. And I, I went like, what do I need to get into this place? And they're like, well, she looked through my portfolio, the, the course coordinator, and she's like, well, you're already kind of doing the work with your, your student. <laughs> she's like, to be honest. She's like, you're making a lot of this stuff already, and it's all proof of concept. She's like, you just need to learn how to refine your design. So instead of going directly into the program, I took the foundation program, right? So it was two years, and um, again, I, or it was three years, and I only had enough money to go through two years, right? So I paid for two years. Uh, basically going through it and got some of the highest marks in my class while I was still working full time. And they told you like, you couldn't work and do this program at the same time. It was absolutely unreal how much homework it, there was, but it really allowed me to take my um, creativity. And I, I really didn't go there to learn how to do art. I went there to learn how to present my art to companies. Oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So well, that I didn't look Mickey Mouse. Dude, there it is right there. Like that's, that's probably the, um, and again, like what the fuck do I know? I'm a guy in Delaware that just yeah. calls people on social media, right? <laughs> but like that has to be a defining make or break characteristic. Can well, you just and seem I fucking knew, legit? I knew going there, I fucking knew going there that I wasn't going to graduate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But so, um, there's this, um, guy on, uh, it's been on Joe Rogan's podcast, but he's his own man. Um, Naval. He's like a modern day philosopher guy. Have you ever come across any of his stuff? I, I might have. I, I don't remember the name, but I might have. I've seen yeah, it's N A V A N A V A L. Naval, I believe. What does he do? So he's basically like an angel investor, modern day philosopher. But he has this thing about books that he's like, he's never understood why people read books yeah. start to finish. Why yeah. don't you read books to get what you need out of it and then just fucking yeah. put it down? Why, why are you going through 40 pages of end of a chapter when you've already got the fucking idea? Oh, and, dude, it was a fucking epiphany for and, me. You and no that, idea, like, that's, that's exactly what I'm hearing from you, man, which is like, yeah, dude, you, you might not need to go through the bullshit I've in the class. I've told so many fucking people about how I went to college and why. And like, so in it's order to graduate, even to graduate, you need, like, let's say I did all fucking three years. In order to graduate, you need to do your electives. Yeah. Right. Just the money fucking, makers, dude. Money grabs. The, love, the, the, the science of love and astronomy. Yeah. Like, the fuck, the fuck fucking money grabs, dude. Money grabs. Dude, $300 a course. I'm not paying for that shit. Yeah. 100%. You know I mean? 100%. And dude, like, a la carte like, is shit. the way to go. Exactly. So I picked up 
all my so I, all my courses that I needed for prerequisites into the next program, I fucking murdered. And then I picked up a bunch of programs to fill the gaps in my week that were from other courses that that also merged. So like I did furniture design. I did one course in furniture design. It's not in my design program, but it was a part of it. I did another part of my interior design, uh, the the other interior design program, which was like another like 3D spacing sketching uh, course. So I picked up a bunch of other ones that like I knew I needed. And then I fucking left. And I'll tell you this. <laughs> I just love how you years. said it. And then I fucking left. Like, bitch, I'm out. <laughs> Bro. And I'll tell you this. Proof is in the fucking pudding, man. In what I do specifically. So I can't talk for every other, other industry. But for what I do, the proof is in your fucking experience and your work. Yeah. Right? So I don't get come to people have never once in the fucking like 300 fucking commissions I've done. Excuse me, Paul, may may I ask you where your art degree is from so that I can justify paying you? Yeah. Fuck. But what I fucking do know, but what I do know for a fact is I've gotten over 10 or 12 commissions from people that I beat out uh, OCAD students from. OCAD is the top art school in this country and it's right here in Toronto. And I've had 10 commissions where I've been in a pool of artists that were bidding for a job and 90% of them were OCAD students and I fucking beat all of them. Jesus, dude. It's like you're on the football field when you're bidding, I bet. Like you just want to fucking smash them, don't you? (laughs) Well, that's the thing. It's like, and and, and also what I realized too in, in that is it's not about competing against them. I'm only ever competing against myself. Yeah, right. And my last project, right? And it's also defined how I sell my work and how I like, dude, I, like I said, I've never had my own, my own body of work, my own actual body of work. Like most artists would, right. I've never been exhibited in a gallery. Yeah. I don't ever want to be. Dude, I was I actually going to ask artist. you, man. No, well like, and again, what do I know you for two hours? Right. But that, that's what I do. I sit behind a computer screen and act like I know shit. And yeah. what I'm thinking, just speaking to you, man, would you have like a themed display a themed exhibit or would it just be all this random shit and like the theme would be uh-huh. there is no fucking theme man it's just what it is i'm glad that you've gotten that already because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it's going to be but they're going to be series so i'm going to have like so my idea for my ultimate show no giving too much away is um oh, dude, i do publicize people, it man this way you can so post this shit and people in my in my city one of my biggest problems with with artwork here is all of the best artists in the city pander to the U.S., right? So we all pander to, like, New York, Miami, L.A., fucking um, Chicago, uh, the U.K. Like, 90% of the top artists' work in my city goes to the U.S., huh. right? They don't they don't try to make artwork for here because nobody values art here, oh. right? Like, we don't – they don't pay very well. They fucking – everybody tries to fuck you and everything. So bringing up your worth – your, like your your product's worth here is very very difficult right but Sounds it like must it. be done in order for your work to have any kind of legacy right and it's even harder doing it when people can't recognize your work yeah right okay because there isn't a like little like style or like oh that's exactly. so paul again i i reach a i reach a point where i have i can look at it in a good or bad way right so you can look at an artist with no style right or no process and go nobody will ever recognize your work you know what I mean? Therefore, right. you cannot be defined as anything. You can't, like, people won't recognize it, right? People go to artists with a style because they want them to produce something that they like, right? Something they know they have their style. I want your style, this and that. 
that's not why people come to me. People come to me because they have an idea for something they want to do or a space or a thing that they want to create and they have no fucking clue how to do it. Right. <laughs> and they want, they like my take on it. Right. And they want to see what I can come up with. Right. And, and that's been my entire career so far. So when I go to project what I want to say, I fuck with so many different mediums. And what I realize is like the best shows usually are group shows. Right. Um, they're, they're, you know, I, I've never seen a, a show in the city that's gotten me like, holy shit, this is dope. Like you would see in New York or LA or something fucking crazy. So uh, is so, a group show multiple artists presenting in the same gallery? That's correct. Okay. Right? Just so again, that, like I, I, I don't want to assume because I know no, nothing. No, no, 100%. It's exactly right. So right. you have a group show. It's usually put on by a gallery and they have artists that they're looking to bring out in their gallery and they go talk to those artists and they're like, we want you to be a part of the show. And it's very, you know, posh and I was going to say, is it about, bullshit. is it about like names or is it about like a contrasting style? Well, everybody's jerking everybody off, right? <laughs> so, I love straight it. up. And this is the thing. And, and this is, this is my problem with, with the gallery market. If you want to go to there, I'll fucking talk about that forever. So <laughs> I'm fuck galleries all day long. I don't want to ever be in a gallery. If I ever do a show anywhere else in the world, any of my work, it'll always be a pop-up. It'll always be my own shit. You know what I mean? Own because the rights, a lot dude. Of what, like, why do you need a gallery? Own the rights. Okay, this is the problem, right? So there's a few problems. So number one is artists, most artists don't have any business sense, right? They just want to paint. Or they right. just want to draw. They just want to sculpt and give everything to everybody else. And that's cool. That's not, there's no problem with that, right? Some people just want to focus on their work, right? And that's cool. And it's a way for you to diversify. It's a way for you to expand. You get 50 people doing the shit that you don't need to do so you can focus on your work. It's smart, right? But you give up a massive percentage, right? Yeah. So to the highest end galleries in, in the country, in the US, right? You're talking about 50 to 60 to 70% sometimes that these galleries are taking from the artist. Shut the okay? fuck up, dude. That Not much? The Gregorian, the Gregorian gallery, right? They can take up to 65 to 75% or 70%. Fuck that. From the what, dude, what risk just are for, they putting up, dude, to do but that? These guys sell hundreds of millions of dollars worth of art a year, right? So it's like, Jesus. do you want your art? So this is the question an artist has to ask himself, right? Do you want to be known worldwide, right? Do you want to be a famous artist? If you and don't make any mistake, if you get your work in their fucking galleries, you are a famous fucking artist, right? People know you, they know your work, they appreciate your work, right? Yeah. But are you making what you should be making off of it? Absolutely not. You're getting raped, dude. That's fucking will financial you rape. Will you the opportunity to have bigger jobs? 100%. Because people will see your work and everybody wants to fuck with those galleries, right? The biggest, and that's this is where galleries make their money. It's not off their talent or their salesmanship or anything like that. It's their fucking Rolodex. They're pimps, right? dude. They're fucking pimps. They are fucking pimps, bro. And this is what I'm saying. So, Jesus Christ, dude. I can't get past that percentage, man. Over how much do you know fucking... about Nipsey Hustle? So I honestly I noticed a lot of your shit. Um I, I don't know if it was your artwork that's on your Instagram yeah. feed about him or like portrays him. Yeah. Not not much. I came across his raps after he um after he died. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I discovered Nipsey Hustle through Twitter when he um when he was killed and I started listening to his music and then I saw the reaction from NBA players and it's a lot like Jay-Z where he was yeah. like, I'm fucking entrepreneurial. I'm owning. I'm not fucking having people own exactly. my shit, which so, is like you look at a girl like Taylor Swift. It's biting her in the ass. Yeah. 
And that's the thing, right? So, so this is, and this is, this is, he's the kind of person that I model my shit after, right? Because at the end of the day, like, um, own it. And, and, and well, this, this, it's not, it's so much more than just owning it. So I learned about him from a track he did 10 years ago with Drake. Okay. He was on, he was on this track called like here in the city, fucking, we listen to Drake all day long. Right. So when he was coming up, we all listened to that shit and Nipsey was on it. Never paid it any mind. And it's not like I went and fucking grabbed all of his albums and shit like that. I didn't know anything about his rapping, like, and his, like, actual music until about three or four years ago, right? But I knew who he was. And then every once in a while, because I watched, like, a lot of, like, Hot 97 and Sway in the morning and all these fucking freestyles and, yeah, yeah. you know, interviews and stuff like that. And I saw him going on. And every once in a while, and like I told you, I grew up with this very, like, positive speak mentality with that amway fucking you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. when i see puffy give like a wicked fucking interview about inspirational shit like i fucking tune into that you know what i mean i love that shit and nipsey's interviews were what got me right they were what fucking struck the chord with me the guy was so real and like only about ownership and only about building your own platform and he summarized it really really simply one time and he said that like you have you know you have People who create like like producers, you have uh, you know consumers, and you have like you know um, and, and the people who eat off all that shit, the middlemen, right? So yeah. take a look at it. You look at like an iPhone, right? And you have people who make apps, right? So those are creators, and then you get the consumers to use the, the the things, right? But do the creators eat all that money? Hell no. They need a platform. They need fucking yeah an iPhone, right? So all yeah, that yeah. money goes to Apple, right? And it's like the only way to really take from your shit is if you create your own platform. That's one of the hardest fucking things to do, but it's not impossible, right? Right. And if you look at it in a different way and you start changing certain things about the way that you go about doing what you want to do and making it successful for yourself, right, then you can change a paradigm, right? And you can, you can literally figure out what other people are not seeing and you can exploit that for yourself, right? Yeah. So – I look at an industry where I'm in the city and I was just talking to a panel where we had this big art show downtown and I was asking these, these gallery or these, uh, these, um, uh, collective owners, which they own, they own these two collectives. They were on a panel board. Right. And each one of their collectives has about, I don't know, four or 500 artists that work at their collectives. Right. Each. And I asked them simply, and I was like, do you think that artists in the city need to pander to the U S in order to be successful? And do you think that they're devaluing themselves when they don't, right? Or they're devaluing themselves in order to do that. And they looked at each other and they were like, I mean, yeah, they, they kind of have to. We've been doing that since like the 70s. But there's not really a way around it. We wish that more money would look at the, the artists in the city. And I was like, that's fucking bullshit, right? <laughs> Straight up. They just they, they completely confirmed exactly what I was saying. But they were basically saying that there's no way around it. And these are two people who've been doing this for 40 years, right? And I was like, that's fucking bullshit because we have the internet now. You know yeah, what I mean? Dude. You don't have to pander to people. I, I can fucking show my shit and everybody in the world can see it. Yeah. It's just having a little bit of business sense and having a little bit of pride in what you do. Right. And instead of just, oh, I'm going to make everything that Alec Monopoly makes because everybody sees that shit and everybody wants to sell it and buy it. Right? Fuck all that shit. I've had so many places that wanted me to exhibit my work, but they wanted me to kind of make it poppy and stuff. I'm like, I'm not fucking with that. Right. You know what I mean? Dude, that's funny. So they'll try to they'll ask you to exhibit and then try to influence yeah. what you're Because this city, showing? bro, I have, there's artists in the city that are blowing up that just went to fucking Art Basel in Miami. And these guys are copying people, bro. They're copying everything and they're printing the shit out on canvas. They're not even painting them. 
Oh, wow. And they're blowing up. Because people are too fucking stupid in the city to understand what, what art even looks like. Yeah. They don't see a process. They just see an end result. And they go, oh, that's sick. And these guys are selling fucking prints for like three grand. Jesus. You know what I mean? Jesus. It, it doesn't make any sense. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about those guys. I'm not going to fucking try and, you know, try and compete with them. I just enjoy that they've now shown me what the city has as like an understanding of art. Right? Yeah. So you got to look at the positives and the opportunities where you see the downfalls. Right? So I've seen that. And when it comes to building my own platform to, to do that, there's a lot of ways that people are doing that. Right. And, um, and that's, that's kind of the thing that I'm going to be on next, but that's, that's the whole idea of my show is like a group show is really fucking cool, but I make so many different kinds of artwork yeah, that I want you're your own group. <laughs> yeah. I want people to come into my art show thinking it's a group show. So I might have five pieces of some murals or five pieces of some sculptures and five pieces of some pop art and five pieces of these other little pieces. Right. And then literally have it, have them come into what they think is a group show. And right. it's all by some artist. You right, know what right. I mean? I made that. Some artist. <laughs> by just and some artist. <laughs> exactly. And it's a triple entendre. So it's like some artist. Like, I don't know who he is. Some artist. It's some of all artists. Right? Because, like, I fucking do all kinds of shit. And it's some artists. Like, the smartest. Smartest. <laughs> right? So, or, you know what the fourth one would be? Some fucking uh, douchebag calling you Justin when he first meets you. Exactly. Because he didn't read the handle <laughs> close enough. <laughs> Fuck oh, me. And oh, that's dumbass. what I was trying to say to you before. It was like that fucking guy. Some, there's some guy in California that has my domain that literally when you type in someartist.com, it rewrotes to some fucking political like left-wing kind of bullshit site. And no I was way. like, I'm never going to get this guy. Oh, that I, I tried. I've tried to wait so it renewed. It renews in February and it renewed like a year or two ago to its 10th year. And I was like, it's going to fucking die out because uh, this guy's not using it for anything. He's just using it to reroute. He's like, it's one of his domains and he's just using it to reroute. This guy's had this domain for 10 fucking years. Is it actually just some artist.com? No, no, no. Some artist.com is what I'm, what I would like. What that's my want? name. Gotcha. Right? Some artist. Gotcha. Right? Gotcha. Gotcha. Some artist.com. And you go to try and fucking see it. And then he had his email at one point and then he pulled it off of it. Uh, so now you can't even fucking get up with him. No, no idea. Fuck. And his website is, it's uh, some, some name. It, maybe that's his name. I don't know, but it's just, it's just like, he's spitting garbage on the internet. And I was just like, this guy is not somebody you're going to be able to talk to. Look at the fucking website. He's going to be like fucking $10 million or some shit. Yeah. Right. Like he sees that as an investment. Like it's his gold rush, you know, yeah, I know fucking no. beachfront property. <laughs> fucking brutal so i was like ah just some artist then because then it separates a little bit a lot of people think my name is sumi or some sumi i don't know yeah no i fucking did and um but it's also it's also like a little bit of a humble brag when you're and dude you're fucking good like again like i i know shit about art i watch some of your fucking like time lapse videos and i'm blown away and And that's the thing for me bro it's like 80% 80% of my work I have zero prerequisite for. And that's the fucking, that's the reason I love showing my process is because people think that you have to do something for fucking ever and years and years to learn how to perfect shit. Most of the shit that I've made, I've never made before. Right, yeah. That's, that, that's fucking, I, that's some craziness. But the- I just, I just, I, when you do that one or two times and you realize that 
you even can impress yourself right. with something that you didn't think you could fucking do. Yeah, that challenge. I used to joke with people, be like, oh, you're going to industrial now. What is that? I don't know. It's like fucking, I can make a fucking couch and like fucking furniture and stuff. But it's yeah. like something I just joked around. I've made fucking furniture since then. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. And it's one of those things that like, when you, and this, I really believe this, and I wish fucking people would do this more. If people just took the time and like just fucking tried to do something they never thought that they would be able to do. Just fucking try it. Even if it's tiny. You do that a few times, you start realizing there's no fucking glass ceiling. You know what I mean? There is no ceiling on your potential. And you just keep looking for shit to see if you can do it. And more and more and more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, People get scared of failure or being bad. Or, or they don't want yeah. to embrace being bad to work to getting good. It, it's odd How to me. How long have you been doing this podcast? Jesus, maybe a month, month and a half. What made you decide to do it? Um, I think, I feel like I've told this four times. So for, if, for anyone who's actually listened to multiple podcasts, um, I don't, I apologize, but so basically dude, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm into podcasts. I'm mostly like sports, but then you get Joe Rogan, you get, um, of course, Malcolm Gladwell, you get Naval, you get Freakonomics, um, you get Disgraceland. And I started broadening my podcast horizon and it was kicking around in my head. Like what would be a fucking concept that I haven't seen before? And I was sitting there and I think it was an oil change or maybe I was like grabbing food at a bar and I was like, what if I just went up to random ass people? So I live in a touristy place in the summer. It's, it's a beach near a beach town. So we get a lot of people from like Philly, Washington, Baltimore, um, all over like fucking Ohio. Like people just flock here in the summer. And I'm like, what if I like sat around and I was like, Hey man, what's your story? Why don't you tell me about you? And I like recorded it and posted it. And then in my head, I'm like, well, how do you monetize that? Well, if I get you and it hasn't worked out well. So if anybody has made it two plus hours in, I'd appreciate some follows, listens and subscribes. Like I get the people who come on the pod and they'll follow and they'll subscribe. Um, but I was hoping like, I, I, whatever, how many, however many followers you got in my head, I'm like, if I can grab 1% of all the followers of every pod I post, that shit will spread like Corona. Yeah. And that's the thing is like people, and that's, that's the one thing. Cause I've been looking at doing like when I finally have my studio set up and stuff like that too, I want to do an artist podcast. I want Whenever artists stop it in the city, I want to fucking have them here and get their take on my shit. Right. And yeah. like their take on the things that I've been thinking about the industry and like uh, their take on what, how they feel about their industry and, and that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? And like, just kind of get artists talking. Cause it's most times, especially graffiti writers. That's the one thing is like, nobody hears anything from graffiti writers. Right. Dude, they're they're their dopest know, motherfuckers out there. Right. And that's what I mean is like, I love their perspective because all the fucking writers that I know are legit as fuck and they feel a certain way about things. And I really don't think they have a voice other than the work that they put on walls. Yeah. You know and, I mean? and dude, to, to find the story behind the work would be that fucking amazing, everything. dude. Like cause, why they even do what they do, period. Dude, no, you know well, I mean? that's all part of it, right? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So that's one thing I want to do real bad. And, uh, I've been looking at like, I still have so much shit to like organize and stuff like that. But once I get to that point, like I want to have that. Plus I want to do my YouTube videos and put up my processes and do more kind of like, you know, um, the same, do the video podcast and stuff like that. But it's, it's one curve that I haven't kind of overcome yet. Right. Because yeah. as much as I, it's easy to talk to me kind of thing. I'm not a vocal person. Like I, if you watch my, my, if you go on my Instagram, you'll find maybe one or two videos where I'm speaking. Right. Do you know what I mean? Huh. I don't speak to like, the public. 
on a general basis, right? But I love this format. That's why I love Rogan's podcast. And I love things like that, right? Because it's it's such a it's just a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And when I looked up how like to make you know YouTube and and podcasts like that successful, it's just about building content. Right, that, and it's dude, like, that's why I'm trying to fucking put three to four out a week, man. To be honest with you, like, absolutely. It, it's and it helps also, like, dude, it was so fucking hard. It took me three weeks to just get the first couple people on. Shout out absolutely. Kyle, who fucking was my first guest. This badass trial lawyer in Georgia, dude, who fucking served in Iraqi freedom and was what? riding. Dude, this motherfucker was riding on tankers full of fuel through dust storms while Saddam's firing back, stopping these motherfuckers from invading. And like that, he was a fucking like refueling engineer. And now he's a trial lawyer. He's a skateboarder. Like just one of them fucking dudes that you're like, could we just hang out at some point? You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's go grab some beer. And the motherfucker said yes. And now I get like safe was the second dude in London. And you start getting this content. You're actually the third. Matter of fact, I got a Yogi from Toronto. His name is Spencer, supposed to come on on Tuesday. No shit. shit. Yeah, dude. So like just getting people from different places now that you can send people a link and it's like, dude, I'm not fishing you. I'm I'm legit. Can you just believe me? I'm not going to fuck you over. I'm not looking to screw you. Use the the platform for your advantage. um, Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's a cool concept. Um, And dude, the way, just your fucking passion, man. Like you you'd get into shit like passion sells that, that's what sells right genuine passion and if you're fucking and that's into the thing it, is like I, I really fucking give a fuck and 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 that was uh, what i was trying to tell you all that for was basically the question that i asked myself when i was like 18 years old when i was like trying to i was working at all these fucking companies working at these factories and this nine to five shit and paycheck to paycheck and didn't know if i should go to college or not go to college or what the fuck was i gonna do with my life and i literally asked myself that one fundamental question which is what we were talking about in cuba Right? Yeah. What would you do if money didn't fucking matter? Yeah, yeah. If money didn't matter, right? If if money was either you had a, too much of it or it wasn't even a current a currency didn't even exist, what would you do with your life? What would you do with the rest of your fucking life? Would you sit around? Would you walk fucking from here to, to Nebraska? Like what the fuck would you do with yourself? Right. Right? And I literally told myself I would fucking make shit. Like that's it. That's all I would do. I just want to get the shit in my head out. You yeah. know what I mean? I want to make shit put it out the physical embodiment of my mind. And then I realized that that's all the money I'll ever need. If I only become successful enough to do this every day of my life, I'll be happy every single day of my life. If I fucking, and I'm telling you this promise, I swear to God, if I fucking drop dead tomorrow, everybody I know knows that I fucking died loving what I do. And I live every fucking day enjoying myself. Dude, that's do the I have a live. fuck ton of money? Hell no. Of course I don't. But you got a fuck ton of experience, fuck ton of joy, fuck ton of contentness. Have... And like, why, why do people want money at the end of the day is to be fucking content, dude. And that's if, it. And, and if they're not content with how they're making their money, they're then spending that money on ways to try to dope themselves into feeling content. Yeah, or content. they want to build legacies and they want to get into egotistical shit where they're just uh, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Or they want to do this and they want to do that. It's just like, Everybody needs to realize that everybody else is out for themselves. You know what I mean? Very few people are are selfless. You know what I mean? And this world is a fucking this world doesn't give a fuck about what you want. This world doesn't give a fuck if you're good, if you're bad, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's a relentless, never-ending cycle of whatever 
randomness it wants to put out. Yeah, like fucking and Corona. Yeah. Corona don't give a fuck about you. You know what I mean? Global warming like, don't fucking care what you are, if you're how much you no. paid for your beachfront property, bitch. No. Poor investment. And people think just because I have a degree, I'm gonna get a job, and just because yeah. I have friends, I'm gonna get opportunity. That's bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you don't ask, you won't get. If you don't take, you won't have. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is like you need to find your own opportunities. And I've tried to do it in a way where I've never stepped on anybody else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know a lot of other people that have. That was the one thing whenever I worked for sales companies. That you know that one question on the fucking on their interviews, they always ask you, what's one of your worst qualities? Right? What's one of your downfalls or your your yeah. the things that you can work I, on? I, I work too hard and I right? love too much. <laughs> What was it? I, I work too hard and I care too much. Yeah, exactly. You take a negative and turn it into positive. Well, I would tell them straight up. I was like, I'm not a cutthroat person. I was yeah. like, if you want a cutthroat salesperson, I'm not it. Right. I was like, but at the end of the day, every fucking person I know that I sell to comes back to me because they fucking trust me. Yeah, dude. You know so I, I, because dude, I'm going to give them a real fucking opinion. Dude, 100%. I worked in restaurants um, and I waited tables. And that was my, like, I wasn't fucking, I, I don't care if you want me to sell your special and I'm looking at it and I'm like, dude, that special ain't fucking worth $28. I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm going with the $16 chicken dish because I know that shit's tasty. And my man, M Nelly in the back there fucking yeah. knows how exactly. to hook up some fettuccine sauce. Like that's exactly. how we're going to go with it. I'm not peddling what you want me to peddle. I'm peddling what uh, I believe in. Pedal honesty. Yeah. If it doesn't work for somebody, don't sell it to them. If it does, and if and if, if, if you fuck, I tell you this straight, fucking straight up. If you work at any fucking company and you tell somebody honestly, look, the best thing that you can get is at that other spot over there. Yeah. Right? They'll be back. They won't even fucking go to that place. No, because the trust. They only want to fucking deal with you because you're honest. Yeah. And it's so few and far between, you know what I mean? Yeah. That you can't, you can't pay an amount of money to have that. Yeah. Well, that's and that reputation, just, man. You can't buy a reputation. You can't. You know what I mean? And, that's, and that's, that's the thing about it is like, if people are just honest with themselves and other people, get so much further. Right. But everybody wants to lie about everything and everybody, they're just lying to themselves because they don't really know what they want. What's it all really for? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the weird, again, like it's that hamster wheel and that's something that yeah. Corona's, I think I'm hoping. Exploiting. Yeah. Well, no, I, I was actually going to almost go the opposite where Corona's given motherfuckers an opportunity to be without and find contentness in just some that's basic what I mean. shit. It's, 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 it's basically exploiting the fact that people are, well, I guess exploiting is not a good word. It's it's exposing the fact oh, that yes. all that shit doesn't yes. matter. Yes. Like sp even sports, dude. Like you're, you fucking love sports. I love sports. Yeah. The fact that I haven't been able to watch NBA basketball, which I now realize I fucking pissed away dude, so we many back hours. We <laughs> 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 were going fucking back to back. This fucking, technically we, we still have it. So. <laughs> There's no fucking way you guys were even making the finals. No oh, fucking dude. way. But yeah, like oh. even that shit, dude, it's like, you know what, man? Like the the, the whole- We were doing better than we were last year. You know that, right? Dude, the... I, I want to no, but I know, I know I'm not going to get into it. I'm just saying, there... you know that we were actually doing better than we were last year. Yeah, but it last- Staff-wise. Like dude, from a staff perspective. Fucking cared. Regular season shit doesn't matter, dude. No. Uh, but it's just funny because that's that's what everybody's going off, right? But yeah. the funny thing is, is that even though we made the fucking finals, right, and we won them, we're still actually doing better than we were last year. So without fucking Leonard, yeah, no, that's yeah. How, so do you do you have resentment towards him, or are you cool with the way he bounced after winning? I I fucking knew he was going to. 
I knew 100% he's going to. Yeah. There's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. The guy's from, okay, look. Yeah, he's from right? LA. You're not, now the number one fucking draft pick in the world, right? You yeah. lived out your one year contract and you get a chance to play for your home team. Yeah. On you're your not going to go back there. On your fucking terms. You'd have to be soulless. The guy only gives a fuck about being the best. He, you see him in every fucking interview he's in. It's never good enough. It's never good enough. It's never good enough. He fucking wins. He's like, eh, this is good enough. You know what I mean? Like, he hardly ever cracks a smile. We haven't won yet. We haven't done, like. Right. It, Dude, did he you only see? cares about being the best. Did you fucking see? I think it was Danny Green. There's some, like, back, um, like, tunnel footage where Danny Green's trying to dap him up and Kawhi looks at him yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. the he, stupidest he, motherfucker and then he points and he's like, go. Go. Keep walking. Keep walking. Yo. Dude, you talk and about then he a bitch. tried to follow him and he went to a different fucking spot. Dude. He's a bitch. He he's... went to the fucking Clippers and Buddy went to the fucking Lakers. That's so funny. All about business. All about that, that motherfucker is cutthroat all about business. But they, they offered him everything but the fucking kitchen sink to stay here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and Drake offered him shit. Everybody fucking offered him yeah, shit. Yeah, see, that I, I really thought the Drake influence, and I don't I don't understand. I'm telling you right now, if he wasn't able to do it, and he would have, like, dude, right? he would have fucking done everything to keep him. There is no booster that would have been better than that. Yeah, but, like, he's got to be number um, one, right? That, yeah, but that's what I mean, is, like, I knew for a fact that it had, you can see it in his whole career thus far. He's gone to teams that needed a rebuild, right? That teams that are fucking complete underdogs, and he's taken them to a championship. No, right? not no. Well, that doesn't count for San well, Antonio. You're, that's he, one time. Well, San Antonio was good too, but still, like he went to a team that fucking didn't have back-to-back championships, right? Didn't really have any prospects, and then fucking brought them to a championship. And he's yeah. done it on every team that he's gone to. It's been two. Just for the record, it's been two. You're blowing Kawhi. You're kind of making Kawhi sound like LeBron. That's all I'm saying. Like LeBron, LeBron was the one who was going to win it. And LeBron was going to bring his third championship to a team. You're making Kawhi. trying to do the same thing that LeBron was doing. And I saw that the way that they were. And even before this season, I saw that that's kind of what he was looking to do. You know what I mean? Gotcha. It seems like that's what he's looking to do. Because he went there, won, came here, won. Now he was going to go to the Clippers and win. Yeah. That's kind of like that progression I can see from him. And that doesn't take – that's that's not a money grab. That's a pride grab. Dude, he right? fucking signed a two-year deal. Yeah. Like, dude, this fucking season's over. Next year, the Clippers could yeah. – that could be their last season with Kawhi. And then all of a sudden, he goes to fucking Brooklyn teams up with like Kevin Durant or some shit. You know, like that motherfucker is all about betting on himself and figuring out what oh, is yeah. the right time to get money. And that's why it's crazy too, because like this, like this last year, like this is, this fucked bro. It's so fucked. So many great players. This was their last year. Right. Like this was our last year with fucking with Lowry. His, his, his fucking contracts up. Right. And like, who else? Uh, um, Ibaka, I think, and like a few other guys, they're like their contracts are up, so there's going to be stupid amounts of money to buy new players when we're done this year, right? We're going to have like 56 million bucks, yeah, to spend on fucking players. And it's Van it's Fleet for- and Siakam that are going to be the yeah. fucking gold mines, right? Like everybody's exactly. going to want to like and ball fucking with them. Boucher is kicking ass too. That little fucking scrawny motherfucker, he's kicking ass. He's he's that's his like this was like his rookie year, right? Or well, his last year was his rookie year, but they benched him the whole fucking time, and. Uh, and he's been making crazy blocks and fucking threes and everything. 
clutch player. Yeah. Um, Jesus. So, yeah, that that Toronto Raptors love, um, that Jurassic Park love is real, huh? Oh, dude. Our fans are fucking nuts. Dude, th- those motherfuckers out there, like when they were showing the um, goddamn stat for your ass, the fucking the, – the, the, the Maple Leafs, <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs have not won a cup since 67. Okay. 1967. That fucking stadium has been sold out for fucking every Leafs game for the last 25 years. Oh, wow. Sold out. Did not know. We have more money. So that's why, that's why, why do you think that fucking team has so much more money than everybody else? And not only that, we only have a few national teams. Right. So like the Raptors are the only national team for all of fucking, we used to have the Vancouver Grizzlies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, But like, that's it. So the entire country is back in the Raptors. That's a great point. It's not like LA where you have, like California has four basketball teams in its one state. You know what I mean? Yeah. The country of Canada just has fucking them. (laughs) <laughs> that's it yeah that's why it's it's a little bit psychologically crazy they, which is why they were berating the shit out of leonard when he came here. they're fucking tracking his plane and shit yeah that's dude that's psycho shit dude they were that is some stalker shit that is some yeah, stalker it's crazy. shit. yeah no i was i was in i was so my buddy's on this this uh, bar named regulars right and uh we were in it one day just fucking went to go see a few of my friends have a drink whatever and leonard came in with like two of his buddies and they sat down at no this one table and way. as soon as every, and he had like a hood on it was like a camo jacket and fucking as soon as everybody saw that he came in i was like oh fuck like i'm not starstruck whatsoever right but like as soon as everybody saw that he came in they all just started kind of turning and walking like slowly toward i was like fuck. <laughs> like leave the fucking guy alone that's bro. probably why i left right like he doesn't like that 100%. kind of shit who the fuck wants that shit yeah yeah you know and, and it's only because he became so great so quick yeah. in our city Right. You know what I mean? And a lot of people were pissed off that he got here in the first place because they broke up the Rosen and fucking Lowry. Yeah, that was like tearful, dude. Talk about like a forced divorce. Like those dudes probably yeah. went to counseling to like for their separation. I love I, I love fucking Lowry. I mean, uh, DeRozan, but dude just wasn't making it for us. Dude, you know he still I mean? ain't. He like, just... he, dude, he went to fucking San Antonio and they got bounced in the first round. And then this year they weren't yes. even in the playoffs. Like, no, but he's loyal, he's loyal as fuck. But to me, he's not a top twenty player. Nah, you know not I mean? not not to put you over that hump. He he's not a no. dude that's getting you twenty five no. on a fucking game seven. No. He just he just loves the place. He's a good guy. Him and Lowry work together well. But like, it's not like he's he, he's no superstar. No, nah, he ain't you know? a killer. It's, I'm actually surprised he's always made the fucking the the and uh, the All Star team. Like it's it's actually blown my mind. Yeah, well, the two guard position, man, honestly, in the NBA is pretty, uh, pretty weak. Like, if if you start yeah. thinking about what your guards Oof, are, yeah. like, there aren't a ton of good two guards. Yeah. Um. Fuck, bro. But yeah, so when they got rid of him to Leonard, everybody was like, "Well, let's see what this guy can do. He's got some decent stats." Yeah. And then he just fucking like nobody knew his background until he got here. Oh, really? And everyone's like, "What the fuck? The guy's a beast. He's the craziest clutch player I've ever seen in my life." Dude, he like, he just there, there's um a slow mo video of him. I forget who he's ripping the ball from. So the pass goes to the left wing, and Kawhi it, it's some like white dude who's like a three point shooter or some shit. And Kawhi's hands yeah. just engulf the ball, and in like yeah, one motion, the dude catches it and is like going up in his shooting motion. Kawhi gets oh, over the screen, the yeah, yeah, grabs both of it, 
grabs the ball, just rips it from him. And the dude looks like a fucking toddler that just dropped his bottle. And is like, <laughs> what? And Kawhi goes down fucking like one, maybe two dribbles. And then does like Giannis steps and just fucking flushes it. And you're like, in but that slow-mo. was the weirdest thing. The weirdest thing to watch him play was that the worse the situation was, the better he played. Dude, it and just like, fucking, it calmed him down. Because he's like, so oh, unflappable. Sorry? No, he's just so unflappable. Like the shit don't phase him. It's going bad. He's like, what's the fucking play, man? What's business? Let's I've never seen somebody play so well under so much pressure. Dude, just stone cold. And that last fucking shot to win it was like the complete definition of that. That was the most unreal shit I've ever seen. You mean the Philly Philly shot or? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, dude. Poor Philly. So, you know, I'm I'm two hours south of Philly. So most of the people here are Philadelphia Sixers fans. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that not only did he make it, the fact that he fucking made it, didn't he make it over both Embiid and Simmons? Yeah. Like yeah. you're, you're, you're and fucking it four fucking times. Dude, and the most, the most fucked up thing about that is when we faced them earlier, like 10 years earlier and Vince Carter had that shot. Oh yeah. It was the exact same fucking score. And it, it was the exact same fucking shot. It was. And yeah. Vince opposite Carter ends did. court. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because exactly. that's because he went, court. yeah, he went to go graduate college. The idiot. <laughs> yeah i missed the fucking practice yeah he went, he fucked, oh my god you reminded me of that yeah, jesus christ that, yeah dude that's why he fucking like they got him on that shit and that was part of his talking like, don't, points don't you think uh maybe you shouldn't go and he's like well whatever man he's like if they don't understand they don't understand it's for me i value education like, bitch if you valued education you would have fucking stayed there and been educated right bitch i didn't pay you 70 million dollars no doubt <laughs> How about you value your fucking work that's paying you all this, man? I, value, value the city that's paying your bills. No doubt. Jesus Fuck, Christ. That's funny as shit. Dude, but um, yeah, man. Let, let me ask you this, man, because um, my schedule got tight a little bit. Yeah, no and I, tight, I, bro. We've been talking for three hours. Easy. I did not. Yeah, I did not know you were coming with the heat, and I appreciate it. So I I'd started a, um, a new segment. It's been on the last two pods that I've posted. So here's how I'm trying to end my pods now. Can I get your best first for last? We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. Best first for last. What do you mean? Any, yeah, so either I got to get a more clever title because I want to explain it every time. The best first, whatever first time experience of your life, the best first blank that you want to share a story about. Uh, and, mm. and what I found is if I start giving examples the last two, three, four times, then they kind of like those examples. Yeah. Then they like jump on those examples that I'm giving sure. them. So I, I like you, to kind of, you know what you should do is you should prepare those before. Cause then they can think of really good ones. No, dude, like on, on the, the spot. Sp- fuck, I don't know, dude, man. On the spot. Most pressure. The shit I do is hey, like, why don't you fucking, Hey, how about clutch up? Okay. Why don't you get a little kawaii in your <laughs> ass? Quit being kawaii. all fucking DeRozan like bitch. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is, is that most of my best experience, most, uh, so most of my first experiences, which I extreme like, or I experience a lot with my artwork is usually not always the greatest experience, but it usually teaches me the most. Right. So sometimes like I had this one project where I did my very first outdoor sculpture for a massive like mall. Right. Yeah. And they're an outdoor, outside strip mall. They're actually, there's 78 of them in the U S huge fucking, you know, those out, outdoor outlet malls. 
dude, that that's our whole fucking economy by us. Tanger, exactly. Tanger Pre- outlet premium outlets. So okay. we have one here. It's called Toronto Premium Outlets. It's owned by the same company that owns all those ones. And uh, for their concourse, they wanted me to do a huge sculpture for Canada Day 150. So I built this huge thing and like um, they wanted me to, to make it to their budget. And like I never made anything like this my whole life. It's huge concrete and, and steel like hugging maple leaf. What's the size? And what size are we talking? It's like uh, – it's not huge, huge. It's like maybe eight feet, nine feet by six feet. Okay. Right? So it's a hugging maple leaf and it's made of concrete, steel, and foam and stuff. And um, it looks like when you when when you go take a picture with it, it looks like the maple leaf is hugging you, right? And uh, it's called a warm brace. So that was that was like the very first sculpture that I ever made for like the public, right? Okay. And uh, it was a crazy process. Um, they uh, they didn't pay me enough. They paid me really late. I had to use a lot of my own money on it, and then um, it didn't get the attention that I wanted because it didn't have like the uh they 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 couldn't approve the plaque it took like five weeks for them to even approve the project they gave me three months lead time took five weeks to approve so i only had a month and a half to build this thing um oh shit that's how the timeline works it was in it was unreal uh they underpaid me they didn't pay me quick enough at the end of it so i was oh fuck ton of money uh but um it i built it i built it in 30 days um my buddy, my buddy was the GM of the mall and basically said, look, if you can't fucking build this thing, don't sign this thing because they'll, they'll, they'll own you. So I was oh. like, you know what? Fuck it. And I did it. And I'd never made anything like that before. And I finished it and I completed it and I installed it with two days left. And uh, even though the entire situation was fucked, it was like one of my biggest achievements for sure. Nice. Just to like, to get it done and have it sitting there and have people like take photos with it the next day. And it was dope. It was all worth it. The next day when people like for Canada Day 150 and people were taking photos with this thing, immigrants from all over the country and people who just come here and they could celebrate and the fact that like Canada is embracing that, like that was, it was worth every, every minute. So that was one really cool one. Yeah. Um, Why are you saying it wasn't well received then? What do you mean? When you first started it, you said it wasn't well received. Maybe I misunderstood. No, I said it was a horrible project because it like- for me financially and gotcha, like gotcha, gotcha. it didn't get the attention that it wanted because well, that, that's they didn't. what I meant. So, yeah. Okay. So the company, the corporation, right. They only have one or two locations here in Canada. So Canada day is fuck all to them because they're worrying about their other 70, 75 uh, okay. locations that, that are dealing with 4th of July. Gotcha. Right. So they could give a fuck less about what I made for this, this little sculpture that I made for one of their malls. And like they did, they put no attention the plaque that I wanted for it. They, they didn't have time to approve none of that stuff. I was only lucky that they put a photographer there for the, for the day. So I built this huge thing. They said the mayor was going to come out, blah, 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 blah. None of that happened. Oh, and like talk. Yeah. How early so, on in your career are you at this point? Are you like established like or are you like, like three years ago? I'm still kind of established. I'm not really established. Like I haven't really blown up my stuff. Like I haven't really advertised ever. All of my work is word of mouth. Gotcha. So, but then back then you're kind of, is this more starting off? Like I want to grab this project to start like getting more word Canada of mouth Day stuff? 150 was like three years ago. So this was my first outdoor sculpture, which is like most of my stuff is first. You know what right. I mean? I do a lot of weird shit, but this was like the first time a company wanted me to bid with a bunch of other artists to get like a big sculpture. Gotcha. Done. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, man. And that's what, yeah. And then so they're fucking that. like, I don't know, just fucking twiddling their dicks like giving yeah, you an much. answer on like dude can you just fucking tell me if this is cool or not so i can like get going on this shit 
dude, it was crazy. So I'll, I'll give you an example. So my buddy told me about the project. We had three months from the from the day he told me. I su- so I submitted um, um, uh, my proposal literally two days later. I handed it in. I had a good idea of what I wanted. I had like three different ideas. And two of them were full perspective. So they were done like, you know, pages and uh, PDFs and wicked coloring and drawings and shit. Looked really good. Explanations, everything. And the other one, the last one that I thought about just before I sent it, was this super simple drawing that I made of uh, this hugging leaf. And I did it on like a fucking little piece of paper. And then I <laughs> printed it off and sent that. And even though they liked the other ideas, they were like, what is that? And they, they wanted me to do a full prospectus on it. So I did it. And then I sent it over with all the safety regulations and everything. I had to get insurance and all this kind of stuff. Oh, and shit. Um, the original project, they were like, yeah, we don't have any budget. It's whatever. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, cool. So me being naive, I was just like, okay, like just give them some options and give them some different price ranges and stuff like that. So I gave one for like 40 grand and one for like 20 grand and one for like 30 grand. And then they were like, uh, we, oh, no, sorry. This one was for like 18 grand. Right. Oh. And then they were like, they were like, uh, we didn't really want to spend more than 10. And I'm like, wow. that's not what no budget fucking means. <laughs> so that was ridiculous. So I was like, fuck this. So I was like, look, I was like, I'll, I actually figured out because I had to cut costs. I actually figured out a much more efficient and structurally efficient way to build this thing. Oh, uh, there it is. Yeah. And it saved me a little bit of money. So it was like, I, I could put it at 15. I don't know. I think I put it at 14. I put it at 14. I was like, that's the absolute basement. I'm not building for any less than that. So they were like, yes, we really like this. So I won the bid and they, and they were like, I was like, okay, so if we're going to do this, I need the money now. Right. Like I'm not fronting the bill of any of my stuff. And that's the thing. That's the other thing. My company, I've never taken out a loan. I've never done any of that stuff. I've always built all my shit off the profit of all the work that I've done. Right. Man. So I've never invested anything other than the profit of my own company. Right. Yeah. So why pay, a lot why of pay people interest? will go out and pardon? No, I'm just like, why pay interest? It's just a loss. Right. Well, exactly. But a lot of people, what they do is they want to start a business. They go take a loan. Yeah. Right. They go figure out, you know, what they want to sell yeah, or whatever, yeah. whatever. And it, what they don't prove the concept before you start selling shit. And yeah, then yeah. What is it? It's nothing. Then you owe all this fucking money. So especially being an artist, how do you know people even like your shit? Right. So I, I was lucky enough that I've had many, many people just ask me to keep making stuff. Make me this, make me that, make me that, until the point it was so consistent that I could leave the kitchen. Yeah. Right? So, so did they front you the money or they didn't? What? No. So what they did was they fronted me five grand. Wow. Right? They got my buddy's corporate card. This fucking project costed me, in just in materials, not in labor, not in nothing, just in materials, uh, 6,500 bucks. Damn. Right? Yeah. So they... So it took them five weeks to approve. I signed the thing. I had one month really in a few days uh, to do this. They fronted me five grand. I went and got the stuff. Um, a few of the materials had to be like, I had a piece of metal had to be rolled. It took like a full week to get back. It was a bunch of other shit. Um, but I worked on it. So think about this. I was waiting for a month and a half just to get this job. Right. Assuming that it wasn't going to, it was going to come in. So I had to have a clear schedule, by the way. Like I had, I couldn't take on any other projects. Yeah. 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 Right. I couldn't even assume on the other projects and I didn't even know if this job was happening. God, that's how fucking brutal this was. So they told me they wanted me to do it. They got, gave me the confirmation and then I had to wait five weeks for them to fully like sign off on it <laughs> without any work. Yeah. Inconsiderate right? corporate shit. And I'm a fucking broke artist by the way. <laughs> right. So, uh, then they give me five grand, which goes nothing to me, all to the materials. 
and I needed to borrow another $1,500 out of that. I was living at my buddy's shop for basically a month working on this thing. I only went home two days a week. And, and then um, I finished it and, and sent it. And there was a clause in their contract that basically said they don't have to pay me for 60 days. Oh, right. Shit. So I figured the day that I delivered that shit, I was getting my fucking 10 or eight grand or whatever. Yeah. Right. And then I could pay back a bunch of the money that I needed for rent and a bunch of them, like literally all the money as soon as I got it went back to paying off money that I used in that time. Yeah. And it was like nothing for labor. Right. And it's my first like big sculpture for a company. You think, Oh, I'm going to fucking make some good money. Right. Nothing. Right. So, um, then, uh, yeah, there was a, there was a clause that they only have to pay they pay you within sixty days, right? Nice. Most corporations do. It's just, I didn't know anything about that clause, and I didn't read the whole way through the contract, right? Who it does? was like fine print. Yeah. No, so no. I did read everything, but like it was a stipulation. I guess I just didn't understand. So, um, anyways, uh, they or I didn't think it was applicable. I guess, but um, I got them to pay me within like twenty days because I badgered the shit out of them. I was like, you're a fucking company. Like, they were sending me a fucking check from, like, oh, fuck, I don't know, North Carolina or some shit. I don't even remember. It was retarded. <laughs> They're sending it through the fucking mail. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, you guys don't fucking pay me. I'm going to fucking lose it. <laughs> so they ended up shipping me a, a check FedEx, right? Like, this is so, like, we're just, you never do this. I'm like, well, you fucking better. This is fucking retarded. So they sent me a check, and then I got it. And Pretty much all the fucking money went to back pay for all the stuff that I'd done. Jesus. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a horrendous process, but it taught me so much. It was fucking going to school in a month. Yeah. Like, Newell's, again, yeah, exactly. The experience is what the value The experience, I couldn't fucking pay that amount of money yeah. to get that experience. It was so eye opening. And I learned so much about how to sell myself better and how to appropriate my materials better and how to like, work out my labor costs and all these things. So you realize how much you lose when you don't do those things. Oh, and yeah, I can't not imagine. only that you don't do those things, it's not that people don't do them. It's just that they don't really fucking know how. Right. right? But yeah, when you you're an artist. Go when you go through something like that, you fucking learn quick. No doubt. Right. I should have done this. I should have done this. I should have done this. And then also like how they pay you. Right. I have my own contract. Make sure they, 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 and, and then if it's a job, like, most of my work, I do 50% up front and then 50% on the back end, right? Right. But if it's a building job where I'm building something, then it's usually going to be a much higher uh, cost in materials. I'll ask for like 70% and then another 20% going through and then another 10% on the end. Right. So like it's a little bit different, right? Yeah, yeah. And Almost like you're building a house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not so stuck with something that's so custom, right? Right. What's, but, the, uh, what's the piece's name called again? It's called uh, a warm embrace. I'll I'll send you the link for it. Okay, yeah, man, that'd be awesome. A warm embrace. Yeah, I wanted to look it up. Yeah, and then under the link that I sent you in my in my uh, in my uh, uh, my Instagram, it'll give like the description of what that means. Cool. But yeah, so that was a good first, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It's it is. It's a best first for last the warm embrace so you you uh, think oh, i shouldn't I you think i shouldn't just drop it on people i, I feel like what? i like the pressure of just dropping it on people yeah no it's good it's good um, and then i think i thought of another one too so like my very first large mural so i grew up loving graffiti art but like like i said i i, I used to do a lot of shit back in the day but i didn't grow up in a household where like i could fucking get in trouble you know what i mean when i got to like that college level bunch of my friends were doing all kinds of shit and their parents were bailing them out some of them went to jail and some of them got out and had lawyers and everything i didn't have anybody so i had to kind of really back away from doing anything fucking that would put me in jail right and um 
Um, so even when it came to like graffiti, I love graffiti. I fucking grew up looking at it, watching it, New York hip hop and graffiti scene and all that shit. But like, it's not something I can fucking do. Cause then what happens if I go away? I got no money for nothing. Like nobody's bailing me out. I'm fucked. Right. So, um, I couldn't take those, those chances with my freedom. And, uh, so eventually I started doing interior murals and then it got, I got a job through the BIA of Little Italy for them, for me to do a massive mural. So the very first mural I ever did outdoors was 30 feet by 50 feet. Whoa. Very first one. Like, not like some tiny little throw up with cans or what. It was massive. <laughs> and I had no fucking clue how I was going to put it on. And I only had two weeks to do it because the grant would have ended. It was like the end of the summer. So the grant only lasts for the entire year up until this certain, I think it's like August, the end of August or something. So I had to get it done and um, uh, they found me really late as an artist. And then I went and did it and it was, it came out sick. I did it in eight days and it's like it's a massive mural of the street and in uh, like a, from a, sn- a snapshot that they took in 1945. So it's like a really wicked throwback. It's got the Italian flag behind it and all that stuff. It was really cool. But that was like my very first mural. And then I won an award for it. Uh, the next, the, like, at the end of the year, they do like a big um, thing. So in Toronto, we have this thing called the BIA Association. It's a business uh, association for each sector of Toronto. <laughs> yeah. have you, stop it. Have you, ever heard, have you ever heard of a concept like that? Um, No, but I don't run in those kind of circles. Yeah, okay. So um, Toronto actually started this thing called the BIAs, and it's been, um, it's been adapted by Japan, uh, Brazil, a bunch of different places. So it's basically like if you have like little Italy, let's say, right. All the businesses that are under the umbrella of where little Italy is like the roads and shit, they all pay like $1,500 a year or a month. No, it's a year, a year into this business association. So okay. that yeah. allows, that allows that association to throw like street festivals to like revitalize the street. Got you. To put like- yeah. To bring business in. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So it's a, business associations for each place so toronto has 91 of them oh wow right parkdale little italy um uh uh like uh the financial sector the entertainment district like all these different districts so um that's one of the things that we've created i guess since like the 70s and um um so they have this dinner at the end of the year and they basically honor all of the 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 strides that these business associations have been making over the year and uh, they have one for murals right because like these murals can be funded by the government so they give up to five thousand dollars for a wall right so that was the very first wall that i did i got one of those grants for five grand to do this wall and um um i did it like literally usually what what happens is the government will give the grant and then the business and then the businesses in the area if they want you to do it on theirs or whatever they'll pay the difference for whatever the artist asked for right so but I was so willing to do it because I wanted a wall so fucking bad that I was just like, I'll do it for the grant. Like I won't do it for any other money than that. <laughs> and that was perfect for them. They didn't have to spend a dollar. So they were like, hundred yeah, percent, right? here you go. Here's the wall. So I got to do that. And then the board decided on the image. Like I presented them a bunch of renderings. They figured out the image and then I did it up and it was dope. It was my very first mural and I got a fucking sick award for it. And then I did another one for them and it won the award after that. So that was like my first mural one award, which was kind of cool. And to, and to think you're just some artist. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> made that. I don't know. Some artist. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're not just some artist. You're some artist. That's it. Just some <laughs> artist, too. But. Yeah, that fucker. <laughs> I hope I've, I've had a couple pods in California, like people who've been on. And I hope whoever that fucker is, like, has some has a change of mind. Let's be positive. You, you know what, yeah. sir? Can can you please, please, you're not using it. Just give it up. You have a deserving <laughs> individual who's extremely hardworking and just, it fits his brand. Sir, we implore you. Or ma'am, we implore you. Please. Right? Just give it No doubt. Or die and just let it go back into the fucking Ethernet. Oh, the no, dude, because then it's like then then it's like bequeathed to his kids or some shit. And then you oh, know God, I hope that guy doesn't have any kids. It's the whole fucking thing. <laughs> dude, if he's holding on if, if he's holding on to that name, my man ain't getting laid. Let's be honest. Dude, if you got a sex search, <laughs> maybe you can make sense of what it is, because I have no fucking clue. <laughs> Do me a favor. You have you have a, you can look it up right now? Some artist doc, are, are you setting me up to get some virus on my computer and this? No, I just crash, I, wanna, I wish that's what it did. That would be dope. Some artist.com, right? Yeah, so S U M artist.com. Andrew Andrew yeah, Melcher, Dem- Democracy Refined, Tsunami Films here. Who the fuck are you, Andrew Melcher? Dude, I have no download full versions, voting machines. Too few lawmakers in an oligarchy. <laughs> just spouting bullshit bro dude he's got a he's got a sweet ass chart that identifies the sweet spot of democracy you know what? i know you, you know what andrew you know what andrew melcher i take it back you keep this site because this is exactly what america needs <laughs> dude i have no clue what that is i was like this guy's not going to any meeting. oh my god i should make dude. a chart of why he needs to give me that site back dude this website <laughs> looks like it's a fucking word document it's the encapsulation of the, of America to me. It is, and it's on. It is holy shit. It's on WordPress. Oh, this it's f- on WordPress too. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's like me holding on to my Hotmail email address and being like, "Nah, I can't give it up." It's, it's oh classic. God. Yeah, and the fact that it doesn't even fucking like it's Andrew Melcher. It's it like the yeah. some some artist part doesn't even fucking. No, it's 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 just a routing. It's just oh. a rerouting. He's using my like the site that I want to fucking reroute to that. What site. a dick! And on fucking WordPress, he has all these brackets of information that I guess he's quoting other people. He's like for, but after hearing his pick, it's like why are you putting button there? Retain to the retain to buy the state. Okay, so like, are you quippy editing your shit, or are you just copying and like re-editing over other people's shit? Dude, I don't know. I don't know if that's an amalgamation of other shit or if he's making that. I don't know what. Dude, that is. he no. So wow, yeah. Anti-Federalist Papers of Patrick Henry. So yeah, <laughs> fucking Andrew Melcher feels he needs to better Patrick Henry's Anti-Federalist Papers from 1788. Who the fuck are you, Andrew Melcher? Why the fuck do you think you're on this level where you get to insert your clarifications on Patrick Henry, who is a fucking founding thought maker of the country? Fuck off and give up the site, bitch. Dude, I'm so happy that you guys have been joining for this. I, I, dude, <laughs> I, I, I so. And, and you, fucking Andrew Melcher, 2018. <laughs> Barack Hussein Obama. Is this a warning or a strategy? Jesus oh Christ, dude. God. You want to have fucking one Obama quote. God. You need to get that guy on your show, bro. Dude, America, like, and uh, whoever fucking listens to this shit, can we please find Andrew Andrew Melcher? And I just, it, Andrew, it's going to be a quick five minute conversation. 
And it's and it's one question, Andrew. We just want to know why. Why? Why, why? Andrew? Why? why? Is the only it's just one question, Andrew. Mr. Melcher, I'm gonna call you Professor. <laughs> Professor Melcher, Professor if you Melcher. come on with your proudly powered by WordPress site that has oh its own God. search bar, <laughs> and if you could just fucking empower an artist who's actually producing his own content. Instead Please. of fucking quoting Theodore K. Rab, The Last Days of the Renaissance, Chapter 5, <laughs> with a fucking meme of people don't know their true power holding up. Like, so who the fuck? Some other human beings looked at this other than me. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know what? There's a site ticker on the bottom, and it says two views now. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, my God. That would not surprise me at all. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been Two awesome? Views. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere, Andrew's in his basement, just fucking stroking it. He's like, "Oh, my second click, oh. my second click, oh my god, oh, second click." <laughs> He's been waiting twelve years. <laughs> That's it. And, oh and god. god, the relief. Mom, my site's working. <laughs> I told you, I'm a journalist. <laughs> I'm being recognized. Oh my God. That's oh so God. much fun. And then in a day we Go read on. Andrew Melcher has killed himself because some idiots mocked him on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we just feel horrible. Actually, I wouldn't feel horrible. You know what, He's Andrew? probably audio mining the entire internet for this conversation. Dude, fucking Andrew, before you slice your wrist, can you just leave in your note, it's cool for Paul to have my website? Just the yeah. name. Just the name, man. <laughs> Jesus Fuck. Christ, Andrew, you fucking dick. He's You're not internet. even using it. That's the worst part. Dude, if he was I'm, using it, I would get it. I'm a, you know, He's no not doubt, even right? using it. No He's doubt. Using it. What? I, no, I said no doubt. Like, and fucking have a contact for people to get up with you, dude. What the? No, f- he doesn't want anybody to find him. Look yeah. what he's writing, <laughs> dude. And but it's not even him writing. It's a collection of other people's citated things from the New York ratifying convention of. Mel, how the fuck do you? Other than YouTube, Google, and fucking Facebook, I think that's what the rest of the internet is made up of. Shit like that. Jesus Christ, (laughs) just taking up space. No wonder fucking taking up fucking space. No wonder there's a lag in Zoom conferences with this shit taking up bandwidth. You (laughs) You see what I mean? Fucking Fucking Andrew Melcher. Andrew, clean out your fucking closet, bro. Jesus Christ. And you know, you know, he totally fucking did that in 2018 to go. You know where he's from? He's I don't think he's from California. Originally, he's from Boston, some fucking college town. And he's just trying to get laid in some (laughs) postgraduate bar. And he's like sipping this like $25 a glass red wine. How do you like them apples? Just hoping, right? Just hoping. (laughs) And then Affleck comes in and he's feeling good about himself. And Damon puts him in his spot. And he was like, oh, you know what? I'm really not that guy. Southern modalities of the fucking. Jesus Christ. (laughs) This fucking guy, Andrew. That fucking the joke. Internet, the most hated man in the world. You know, and I'm going to fucking hashtag him when I post this shit. Hashtag, <laughs> and let me write a note. Andrew Melcher. <laughs> Fuck his world up. Let's see if we can get oh that bitch trending. All right, man. Jesus, hey, hey I, think, I think we've broken the record, man. This is the first three-hour pod that um is going to be posted. Got there. Dude, got there. The, the energy, the energy is real Paul. Uh, the fucking art is fantastic. Anybody again getting there, the, man. The Instagram link just some SUM artist at Oh art. no, my my Instagram is some artist. I'm sorry. It. Got you, got you. Yeah, no worries. Some artist. Yeah, um I'm sure fucking What's your last name, Paul? 
Glenn Williams. Glenn Williams. Good. So we know you're Paul at the zero minute mark and three hours later, we know your last name in case they want to Google you. <laughs> that's, that's a marketing technique right there. That's what we call that. <laughs> Give in it to the end. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I just, I hope you keep kicking ass, man. Keep being you, man. Thank you so much. Really for, uh, appreciate it, brother. Thank you very much. No, I have one, one quick question for you. Yeah. What's up? What, what, I forget what I wrote that made you want to get me on your, your podcast. And dude, at this point, to be honest with you, um, that's like asking, dude, that's like asking some drunk guy at one thirty on spring break. <laughs> like, what was it about me that drew remember. you to my person? Was it personality? It was a Joe Rogan eyes? podcast, right? Or it was Joe Rogan, uh, Instagram post. Yeah. So what I was doing, man, I remember my, I couldn't no, honestly, man, my strategy was, um, going to people, um, Rogan and Naval pod or Naval's podcasts and looking at people who commented and, oh, if, nice. and if they actually said something, that yeah. like seemed decent. I just uh-huh. fucking followed or messaged them trying to get guests to be like, Hey, you know, I'm starting up this get to know you thing. Apparently if you're used to listening, That's a really to, good idea. Right. So it was just kind of like a fishing, a, a, um, nice. a, like a focused fishing scheme. Um, but dude, I've, I've literally sent out, like I've had Instagram shut down my account for 24 hours thinking I'm a bot. Cause I'm just firing off messages and they're oh, wow. like, you got to stop doing that. No, it's a really good strategy though, because then you're going to catch some people that have some shit to say and like, they're clearly voicing their opinions, right? Yeah. And they, and they listen to shit and they understand how podcasts work and how you just got to be you and you got to fucking talk and you you have to, you have to be thoughtful. You can't come on fucking hem and hawing, you know? Exactly. Um, but yeah, yeah, dude, honestly, I don't, I'm sorry that I don't remember. Although the fucking art, again, the, the art was dope. (laughs) Right. Yeah, well, I'm 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 happy that the 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 comment got you and the art kept you. Uh, there it is. Look at that. That's a great catchphrase. Comment got you. The art kept me. And you know what? The conversation's gonna make me call back. I appreciate that, brother. Anytime, man. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much, Paul. It was great getting to know you, man. Cheers, buddy. Have a good one. Yep. Thanks to Paul, the triple entendre some artist, that's S-U-M-A-R-T-I-S-T, if you're looking for it, for giving of his time and being so fucking passionately truthful with his story. A huge fuck you goes out to Andrew Melcher. Give the fucking URL up, bro. God, stingy ass. Thanks to Catchup for sponsoring today's show. Catchup, keep it classic. Friend, follow, rate, comment, subscribe, listen. I know, I know. Jesus, I'm asking a lot, right? It's a lot to ask, especially for strangers all over the world. But please, we here at the pod really do appreciate your support, comments, and reviews. Ciao.